This podcast contains strong language. Listeners, be advised. Well, you like friends and you like food. So how about friends with food? With Zoe and Heather. Welcome. This is Friends with Food, the podcast about the show Friends and recipes inspired by it. We are your hosts. I'm Zoe. And I'm Heather. And today our guest is Trista Polo. Trista is an online business coach and podcaster currently writing her first novel, and she's based in Hudson Valley, New York. Welcome, Trista. Hey, thanks. I'm so excited to be here. Yay. Yay. We're excited to have you. So give the listeners uh, just a brief um, description of your podcast. Sure. So it is a human interest podcast, regular everyday people sharing their stories about what they're passionate about the challenges they've been through and what they love most about their life. And they all have one thing in common, which is a vanity license plate. I have found that every vanity license plate has an interesting story and not always the one you would expect. So I love digging out those stories and then finding out everything else about the person. I love that. That's such a, such a great idea. That's so cool. cool. It's um, when we first connected, I was kind of like, how can anyone make a podcast about license plates? And, <laughs> and then as I've listened to a few episodes, um, obviously the way you describe it, just kind of getting to know people and getting to know their stories. It's, uh, it's really, it's really engaging. It's really fascinating. So it's, it's been a joy to listen to. And you have a vanity plate. I do. So TBD on that, dear <laughs> listeners, come on and uh, make sure you're following Trista's plate story and you can hear about my vanity license plate. Yeah, yeah, exciting. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for being here with us. Um, Heather, as you mentioned, Trista is a podcast friend from the internet. Is that correct? Is that a fair description? <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually. Um, we connected because Trista will talk a little bit more about this, but is a big fan of friends. I I'm in a Yay. couple Facebook groups for friends to, to help, you know, promote the podcast. And, um, it's been really fun seeing all the thing, different things that friends, super fans posts of memes and story. And like, I don't know, people really dig into talking about the, the show. I mean, people love the show as, as, yeah, as of know. and, friends. um, and yeah, Trista reached out after I had posted something about one of our episodes and was like, this is awesome. Let's connect. And I was like, heck yeah, please. I love it. We've got a friend's well, fan. Well, that, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's funny because I don't typically tout my friend's fandom out sure. in public. Right. It's just sort of something I do yeah. for myself and enjoy like a little myself. special secret. Just a little special thing. <laughs> I only bring it up if someone else says first that yeah. they're a Friends fan, you know? So, so you wouldn't lead with like, hi, I'm Trista. I love Friends. <laughs> yeah, I don't wear the merch. I don't right. have their pictures around. I don't do quizzes about which friend am I most like. Probably because you just... already know which friend you are. Anyways, <laughs> go on. I just really love the show. And so it'll be fun to really just bring that Friends fandom out to play. Yeah. Don't hide. You don't need to hide here. I this will is not your, be hiding. This is today. your moment. Yeah. This is your space. It's your time this to shine. This is my people. Well, and That's I was right. going to say it, it ties in perfectly to the first question I normally ask folks, which is what is your relationship to the show friends? So tell us everything. Sure. So it all started in my husband, then boyfriend's father's 
living room. Amazing. You know, this was like Thursday night TV and mm. you didn't oh, have yeah. Netflix and things back then. So we were watching this show. And what's funny is we were really big fans of these friends of mine. Do you know that show? No, no. You probably do know that show under a different name. It was called The Ellen Show oh. with Ellen DeGeneres. But it started out as being these friends of mine. And Friends had such a huge, you know, splash onto the TV scene that The Ellen DeGeneres Show decided to change the name of her show. Wow. How Ellen funny. Show. I had no idea. Me yeah, either. so we were huge friends of that show, and then we were huge friends of the Friends show, fans of the Friends show, and of course, Friends won out in the end. Like, Ellen yeah. just was never as popular as Friends, but we were huge fans. We watched it every week through the entire season, wow. and then the entire series, wow. and I, uh, I don't own the DVD set, mm-hmm. but I have every episode on my phone. Oh, wow. And so I actually, it is my white noise when I go to bed. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So when I go to sleep, because my, you know, I I have trouble falling asleep. My brain goes just like everybody's mm -hmm. probably. Yeah. And if I have the TV on, I can't go to sleep because I'm like, what am I going to miss? What am I going to miss? Oh, interesting. You know, I can't stop listening to the show and being engaged with it. But with friends, because I had seen it so many times. Totally. I can just go to sleep, like enjoying the jokes. And there are certain seasons I don't listen or watch because, interesting, you know, the whole thing with Ross and Rachel on a break thing, it's too Mm. stressful for me. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I don't need to be stressed out. I totally get it. Yeah, totally. (laughs) You don't want to be like having dreams about 18 pages front and back (laughs) and all of that. Exactly. So I stick mostly with like season five, six, seven, and I love um, nine and the early part of 10, you know, when it's starting mm-hmm. to end, mm-hmm. not right. really into that. So I definitely have my favorites of, you know, because the characters change and morph yeah, over sure. the years. Yeah. And so I, I, there are certain versions of Joey I like the best and yeah. Phoebe I like the best. So yeah, they're definitely a part of my life. My husband and I, he of course knows the season series as well as I do because he's there when I'm listening to it. Going <laughs> right, to right. And and we have certain lines that come from the show that we say in our regular everyday husband wife speak that yeah. come up a lot. You know, so it's it's definitely ingrained into my life. I my sister that. used to be a huge fan, not so much anymore. I'm sort of sad about that because it was something hmm. we could, you know, have in common her, her fandom didn't quite last as long as mine, but I I had a meeting with uh, one of my business partners and someone she knew. And it turns out that he was also a really big friends fan. So I felt badly because for the first 20 minutes of the meeting, she was like, (laughs) I don't watch this show. I don't really know what you're talking. And we were like, yeah, what about this? What's your favorite? (laughs) We were just going to town about it. So that was, I love that. So what are some of your, if I may ask, um, what are some of your most used lines in your sort of everyday shorthand? Oh or, my goodness. I knew you, you want to mention a couple. Just, and I was like, as I'm saying this, I don't know if I'm going to remember. Just forgot yeah, to, of course. Yeah, all I of them. It. Cause it's in the moment. Yeah, sure. totally. Um, I, I should like call, can I call my husband really quick? Sure. Of course. Yeah. Oh yeah. Russell. Yeah. 
What are some of the friends lines we always say to each other? He has a very good memory. Damn you 15s. Damn you 15s. <laughs> the one where Joey loses his insurance. Oh, <laughs> I love that. That's a deep cut. I don't yeah. even remember that episode. <laughs> oh, amazing. it's a good episode. It's a good episode. <laughs> it's the one where Joey has to pick up the dog food bag. Is it where he has like a hernia? Work. Yes, he has a hernia. Oh, that was oh, his yeah, yeah. Was And so he's like, bad. you pick up the bag and say, you know, pick up the bag today. He's like, how about I point to the bag? Can I just point <laughs> to the bag today? Oh and my yeah, gosh, Damn you that's 15s right. Is definitely a damn good one. Damn you 15s. What, what's one more, babe? I know. It's like in the moment we have them right at the top of our head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So do you know the episode with the wedding dishes where- Oh, that sounds um, familiar. Is it Rachel, Monica's I, thing? Yeah, Rachel's sister comes for Thanksgiving unannounced. Mm-hmm. They have yeah. a huge fight and all the dishes end up being broken, but <laughs> Chandler is putting the dishes down at the table. Yeah. And Monica's every time he like touches a dish, careful. She right. Says, careful, careful. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'll how about this? I'll be careful until told otherwise. <laughs> and good. so we just think that's a hilarious thing. I actually made a, a TikTok about it. I love where, that. We use that that whole exchange, but we're driving because I definitely <laughs> do that so when we're good. driving. You know, he'll be coming up to a car too soon or he'll be careful. You know, and it's like the word just comes out of my mouth. I can't even help. Oh, my gosh. So oh my gosh. I love that. I'm going to use that with my husband. He's very opinionated about driving and he doesn't like to be a passenger. <laughs> My, my thing with that is like, I have this tendency and this is maybe it's a natural tendency. Maybe it's just me being crazy. But like, if someone like trips or like bumps themselves in some way, my response is to be like, oh, careful, which is not helpful. Like already tripped. You know what I mean? So it's like my partner, Alex will be like, thanks. (laughs) Like that's not, by what I really mean, I guess, is like, are you okay? But anyway, right. so that's one I've right. had to try to that's tweak great. my delivery of. But that's yeah. funny. I love that. Anyways, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing those. Before we get too much into the episode, let's talk about what was happening in the culture at the time. Yes. Um, it is... Uh, Okay, so let's see. The The episode we're here to talk about is season five, episode 19, which I love that you mentioned that season five is one of your favorites because it's the season that I wanted to do on the podcast. It's I think it's a great season too. Um, but this particular episode is called The One Where Ross Can't Flirt. Mm-hmm. Um, and it first aired on April 22nd, 1999. A little bit of a bummer in the news. It feels weird to even say that, but yeah. So this was, of course, two days after Columbine happened on April twentieth, nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, which was, I think, I think I was just reading at the time it was the deadliest school shooting to date. Not, not, I, I think not for colleges, but for like high school or anything like that. So of course that is all over the news, and it's just so weird to think about. It's so long ago now. I mean, I was 12 when that happened. I remember yeah. that happening. Um, and it's just that that whole thing. Like, it's just weird to think that like kids now, like when I was a kid, we were doing like fire drills and maybe earthquake yeah. drills, depending where you lived or whatever. But like now kids do like active shooter drills. In yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. I remember being a kid and, and, and learning how to do active shooter drills. Like that was that that became a normal thing after after Columbine. And I just remember like being in my elementary school, which had 
windows everywhere. And oh the teacher even being like, I don't know where it's safe for you guys. Like in this which, right. Yeah. You know, which I was like, cool, cool, cool. And then, oh, let's see, I guess it would have been junior high for me. And so, and just, I just remember like learning that we'd have to hide under a desk or hide in a corner. And then whatever designated teacher would walk through the hallways and bang on the doors and rattle the doors and try and like open and scare mm. us. Oh my you know, God. As oh a my way God. To, it's like, so, and it's horrible. Yeah, yeah. But it's, you know, they wanted to make sure that the teachers were well-equipped and like knew how to do something quick enough to protect the students, which all like that sentence is horrible. It's horrible it's that yeah. Like, yeah. our teachers yeah. who are just normal people who got into education because they love teaching Right. Are now who get paid like next to nothing, by the way. Right. Not are now like, burdened with the responsibility yeah. of protecting their all of their children against active shooters. And and yeah, it's just yeah. So it, yeah, yeah, this was a big this I I do remember this being this feeling like a big change. And now oh, yeah, totally. Now I mean it's as as horrible as it is to say, I just feel like school school shootings are common right which is disgusting but a nightmare as well but yeah, yeah but totally. yeah this was sort of the this felt like the first one at least of our generation I don't know what it was oh, like yeah, it before was, it wasn't like this before I'm I'm a little older than you guys I'm 50 <laughs> so in my day we were under desks but it was because we were near uh three mile island which was a nuclear plant oh god um, and it was the whole like is russia gonna this is like the cold you know, war thing, cold war oh, kind yeah. of thing. right like nuclear it was war. toward the end of it but it was definitely part of my landscape yeah. so it's kind of weird and ironic and and heavy that you're talking yeah. about columbine and how that was for you and right. i'm talking about russia yeah. and how that was for me and now here we are people dealing with that not here yeah but totally. still dealing with that right now so it's yeah. it's sort of terrible how history repeats itself yeah well and the other thing that's that's going on right now which is i didn't even pull an, a news article for this week because everything was either columbine or kosovo and both are just rough <laughs> and um totally and i i did see some articles sort of comparing it i don't know too much about kosovo and and that that conflict and that war the the very minimal research that I did do. I, I don't feel like I fully grasped what what was going on, but I did see some articles sort of either comparing that conflict and things that are happening with that, with NATO's involvement and all of that to the the Ukraine and Russia conflict that's happening right now. And, and, and then another article that was like, don't compare these two. They're totally different. And I was like, well, okay. But, but yeah, it's just, I mean, it, we we will continue repeating ourselves every 20 plus years until, yep. you know, we make some real life, real changes. And that's, you know, it's not happening. So well, in yeah. another 20 years, we'll be talking about this time and how it relates to yeah. whatever is happening in, you know, in 20 
40. It's interesting because we have talked a lot about um, kind of seeing things in the news in 98, 99 that are pretty familiar to what's in the news now. And usually what's in the news now is worse, but it's like, uh, there's definitely always a lot of parallels. Um, I will say just for our listeners, we're recording this in the beginning of March. This episode won't be put up until mid-April. So Mm -hmm. who knows what will be happening with Russia and Ukraine at that time. Hopefully we'll have world peace by then. Um, You know, fingers crossed and all that. (laughs) But just for (laughs) a little like extra context, um, I will say just uh, kind of uh, a last, doesn't have to be a last thought, but another thought about Columbine or one of the things Mm -hmm. that was like, that stood out about it is that how kind of the media really did sensationalize it a lot. And obviously oh, yeah. it's a horrible thing. So it's like, you know, it's going to be in the news clearly, but there was a lot, even months after where, you know, years afterwards, arguably um, just digging into the two people that were the perpetrators of that and kind of what was going on with them, which kind of became this whole indictment of like goth kids are bad and mm. it's Manson's fault. And you know what I right. mean? Mm-hmm. Like that whole thing, which like yeah. clearly these kids were mentally ill. I mean, obviously you don't do something like that if you're not. Um, but as like kind of an alternative kid, it's like, well, it's not really fair to say everyone who like Whereas eyeliner and combat boots is, you know, a school shooter. Waiting right. Of course. Or whatever. Of course. Um, so anyways, that was just another but it's, aspect. It's easy to make broad strokes, especially in the media yeah. right. where they need to tell, they need to tell a story. Right. Mm-hmm. And they don't know enough about the people involved or that alternative kid lifestyle. So they right. make assumptions because it sells papers. Right. Yeah. I do have a I do have a lighter side news item. Great. Let's, let's please. Because you know, please. when you talk yeah. about what was in the news, what do they talk <laughs> about in the news? News. Yeah. Death, war. Yeah. You know. But I did find a lighter side one that I wanted to share because I have a story Amazing. that parallels it. So it. this was the last tour for Billy Joel. It was the Ooh. very last oh. time Billy Joel was on tour. Okay. Except that it really wasn't. This. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> yeah. So he was he had done the Stormfront album. We didn't start the fire was mm-hmm. like one of his big hits from that. And he was, you know, retiring, retiring from touring. Now I couldn't find anything today or yesterday when I was prepping for this conversation. But I do remember hearing the reason he went back on tour, which was in year somewhere, because I, I wrote it down, but it was like 2006. Mm-hmm. I that think feels, that he went that back on tour. Feels right. And that's according to the Wikipedia page. But from what I've heard in the news in the past, he went back on tour because like his business manager or finance manager stole his money <gasps> or didn't pay his taxes. He had some sort of financial issue which meant that instead of living out his legacy in retirement, enjoying the amazing thing he created in the world, he had to go back to work and like hoof it up on stage to (laughs) hold out concerts. Right. He did better with Springsteen when he came back. But like, how, how sucky is that? (sighs) Yeah. You had to go back to work and do all these concerts just to be able to maintain your lifestyle. Because I wonder how old was he in 2006? I mean, uh, that's a good question. Like, I, I feel like, like I know Elton John's been sort of doing his last tour. I mean, I think he started his last tour like at the beginning of 2020 and has like sort of been kind of doing it over the last three years. But, but I mean, he's, you know, 
he's not a young man. And I feel like that is obviously with Billy Joel, like that's, that's a super bummer to have to go back on tour because of financial issues, especially when you're just like a mega, mega celebrity like that. Yeah. But then also to be like older, it just feels like it would be hard. It'd be hard for me. And I'm not old. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. I hear what you're both saying and I, I get it. I have a limited amount of sympathy because I'm like, you're very rich. I thought sucks (laughs) that things were mismanaged, but if the fact that you can just go do one tour and like return to being insanely rich again like you're fine I don't know well actually he's been touring since 2006 because he needs to work for a living Mm. I mean mean, again I'm like working as a musician in concert I know I know (laughs) I mean I hear you but (laughs) right like the lifestyle he's the lifestyle he's maintaining is probably a very different lifestyle than like our own I'm sure he doesn't live in a a two-bedroom one-bath apartment with a roommate exactly (laughs) but that's the thing like Billy Joel can't go work at Macy's or Starbucks fair you know to make not that that would be enough money to maintain his lifestyle but would you, yeah. I mean, I guess he could, I don't <laughs> if know. He wanted to. Why <laughs> well, the he? answer, the answer to your question is he was 56 when he started back into tour. Okay. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. That's not as, I thought he was, like he was like 85 or something. He yeah. wasn't 85. He's 72 now. That's his current age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what I'm anyway. curious about is, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like there's this thing of like, when I retire or like someday, if, if money were no object, I would pursue my real dream of, you know, fill in the blank. So I'm wondering what that is for him, where he's like, oh, got to go back to work doing these tours. If only I, know. I could retire <laughs> and pursue my real dream of knitting. Working at Macy's. Working at Macy's. Of being a Starbucks barista or whatever. That's right. So I went to Hicksville High School just for my senior year of high school. And that's where he did not graduate from, but went to school. Oh, nice. he, has a, he has an honorary diploma from there. And he was really good friends with my choir director who was retiring that year. And so in, in fact, my choir director was his choir director. And he was the one that sort of said, I think you should go for it, Billy. I think you should go wow, for it. Wow. That's so cool. So they stayed friends all those years. And so when Billy was doing the Stormfront album, he asked my choir director, whose name I'm forgetting right now, he asked him if he would write the um, harmony part for the Stormfront for the Leningrad song. Wow. And then if he would pick a handful of students to <gasps> sing the backup. Wow. And, so, and? and so I was one of them. Oh my God. Yes. So we went into New York City. We were on Long Island, but we went into New York City for the day. And we were in this studio and Mick Jones was there from Foreigner. He was helping produce it. Wow. And we were hanging out with like Mick Jones and Billy Joel and a couple of other people. And then Christy Brinkley showed up with Alexa and they hung out for a little while. And it's funny, Alexa came in, Billy was playing Somewhere Over the Rainbow. He wanted her to sing it, but she was super shy. So she was like, I don't want to, I don't want to. But she was sitting up, he had like sat her up on the piano and she kicked her feet in shyness and embarrassment and almost dropped the cover oh. you know the wooden <laughs> cover onto his fingers he yeah had to pull him away really quick because he was playing somewhere over the rainbow so it's just a really cool memory wow. that I've had forever and uh, what's on my wall is the uh, music signed by so him cool. and Mick Jones and and other people yeah so a very cool experience now the actual 
album, it says members of the Hicksville High School Choir. Mm-hmm. So I can't actually prove that I was sure. one of them. It doesn't have your name, right? Yeah. And we were so unprofessional because we were high school students. We had no idea what we were doing. So they almost cut us because we just, <laughs> they couldn't quite get the blend right, but they ended up making us super quiet. So you have to really listen hard to hear us. Oh, that's, that's so, funny. so funny. I love that's that. That's so cool though. <laughs> I love that Billy Joel was like, I have this great idea. You know, this choir teacher means so yeah. much to me. I'm going to bring in his choir and then cut to being in the studio and being like, this is a, this was a huge mistake. This is a huge mistake. What was I thinking? How are we going to salvage this thing? That's yeah. so funny. I love that story. That's so great. Thanks for sharing yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the song that was at number one this week was once again, TLC with their incredible hit, No Scrubs. Heck yeah. Such a good cut. As I said, it was, it was, um, this was the number one song on our last episode as well. Mm-hmm. And this is actually a couple of weeks later, but we're still going strong. So, yeah. and for the next four weeks, I looked up how Love long it. was it? It was, it's for the next four weeks. It's still number one. And I did play the original video. Did you guys? Oh, like, no, I haven't. I just listened to it. I didn't play the original. I need to see it. That's yeah, a good, it's a good song. I've seen and, the video, but it's been a while. Yeah. Yeah. And then they're, um, they're currently touring. I was like, are they still around too? <laughs> like, you know, talking about Billy Joel yeah. still doing concerts. Yeah. They're still touring. They're um, in Vegas and I think Washington state. And then they head out to Europe. So they're still touring. Zoe, they're in your state. Oh my God. Um, But isn't one of them dead though? Oh gosh. Yes. Well, I remember when Lisa left I Lopez died in 2002. So I remember when that happened. That was really sad. Yeah, that was really sad. I shouldn't have maybe said it quite like that. (laughs) You know what? No, you know what? (laughs) On the tour page, it's two of them in an empty stool. Oh, oh my so it's now that just I, the other two. Oh, yeah, that's now so that I realize sad. That, it's T-Boz and Chili. Heart. Yeah. Which oh. I would totally still go see T-Boz and Chili, of course. Oh, of course. But yeah. Lisa left I Lopez. That's actually really sweet that they're still <clears throat> memorializing her. Like they didn't just. 20 years later. Yeah, yeah they didn't yeah. just like. I mean, I, I don't know if there's another person to add extra vocals. Right. Or whatever. But I. That's I, what I was I, wondering I is who they added. But I love that they're still memorializing her by having that empty stool. That's, that's like really beautiful. Yeah. That's really cool. I am curious about the tour now. Uh. I know. According to an, a video that just popped up from 2017, the headline is they're back T-Boz and Chili on overcoming struggle. So it sounds like they're just oh, the wow. two of them. Yeah. Yeah. That's why great. they I never kind of, replaced her. I kind of love that they never replaced her though. Yeah. Yeah. There's an article from biography that's um up in 2020. Why TLC never replaced Lisa Left Eye Lopez. Oh, I'm gonna have to read that after this. Yeah. That's, yeah. Very that's cool. lovely. I, I do feel like I mean, obviously every band and musical group has has their own dynamics, right? And there totally. are there are needs for when band members leave or pass away or whatever. But I, I think it's really, yeah, I'm really actually, I, I don't know TLC very well. I mean, I know this song, No Scrubs, but I don't really, they weren't the type of music that I was listening to when they, they were popular in the nineties. So I, I didn't really follow them at all. And when, when Lisa died in, in 2002, I, I remember that being a big thing. I remember 
just pop culture wise, hearing about that, not really knowing who she was, but it, uh, yeah, I, I like now, even without knowing them or, or I guess caring much about them, I re- right. I'm really interested in reading that article. Cause I think that's really lovely. You know, like you said, they could really easily just be like, ah, we'll fill this spot, you know, but yeah, they've like restructured and then re they're making it, you know, what it needs to be for them. I don't think it's at all like weird or wrong to right, replace of them, you know, but so it's, it's extra kind of interesting and, and special that they chose not to do that. So yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, the movie that was at the top of the box office this week, also once again, the matrix, which it was on our last episode as well. Yes. So I'm loving it. I this, actually, I saw alive. a different one. Oh, I had a different movie that was Tell number us. one. That what did year, you have that week? I yeah, had yeah. six cents. Oh, interesting. Ooh, I, I think, think oh, that was... do we need a fact check? Yeah, let's, April well, I mean, you 22. know, we can talk about whatever we want <laughs> to talk think six about. Cent, but... Six cents. Wow. I think the sixth sense is coming up. Mm. It wasn't released until August of 1999. Well, then where did I get my intuition? <laughs> I, love I that. think that it was possibly the number one movie of the year. Oh, that could be. That could be. Mm. All right. I stand corrected. Thanks yeah, no, I mean, it's a, it's a wonderful movie. It's a wonderful film as well. But I had, I saw that it was the matrix, but the matrix was, I think for four or five weeks, but then there was one week in the middle where the film called life was at the top in the middle of the mm-hmm. Matrix's run, which I thought was- I have never heard of that movie. <laughs> I know. I was like, that sounds so generic. Let me actually look it up. Can you imagine being that movie and being like, we did it, number <laughs> one for this week. And then the Matrix is like, sorry, we're yeah. back. Like, well, they had such- And it's an Eddie Murphy movie, <laughs> which I love that because it's just so different in tone. Yeah. Than the Matrix. I mean, the anyway. Matrix had such um, groundbreaking filmography. Oh, for sure. If you've ever seen anything about how it was made with all the different cameras they used mm. to create that, they didn't have CG and they didn't have what they have now. You couldn't right. do yeah. the Matrix now. You could do in a snap of a finger. You could have one guy with his computer making it, but they couldn't do that then. They were groundbreaking. Yeah. You know, we were talking about the Matrix in our last episode with Aaron about sort of some of the filmography for sure. And it made me think of the other movie. It made me think of was crouching tiger, hidden dragon that came out in 2000. And that was another movie that used some of the similar filmography of kind of that, like slow motion or as, as Aaron called it bullet time and slowing down, obviously with crouching tiger, hidden dragon, there was, there was more of the, even sort of like the 360 camera view kind of going around the action. Totally. But I, I, I'm curious, obviously movies take a long time to get made. (laughs) So I'm, I'm curious how much, if any, the matrix had any effect on crouching tiger, hidden dragon or, or vice versa. I mean, like, like I said, movies take a long time to get made, especially when they're highly action and, and do have at that time had, you know, visual effects. And that takes a lot, a lot of time to get rendered with the technology that we had in the nineties. And I just thought that was something that came up that I thought reminded me of kind of of each other. Yeah, totally. Those were definitely two that kind of felt similar in how important they felt when they came out around that time. Yeah. Now, did you guys see the new matrix movie? I have not seen it yet. I have. Yeah. 
Can we talk about it since Zoe hasn't seen it? Oh yeah, yeah. go ahead. We talked about it last episode too. Oh, you I'm did. Really okay. excited yeah, to us. see it. I mean, that, you know, that doesn't mean you can't talk about it, but you're, <laughs> you're welcome to. <laughs> I just have one thought that I haven't seen anybody else say that I want to mm. share. So here's a question for you, Heather, since you saw it. Did mm-hmm. you feel like it had a little bit of a zombie movie vibe? Oh, interesting. Oh, interesting. Uh, explain that more. Like what what gave that gave you that vibe? Well, there's the scene and it's sort of, sorry, Zoe, it's sort of toward oh, the end totally fine. the climax <laughs> of the entire plot, which is that the uh, Matrix computers, the, the robots are taking over mm-hmm. the people to try and stop the two main characters. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it just, it felt like very zombie movie-like. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, I'm not a fan of zombie movies, but I love the Matrix series. So I was disappointed they felt the need to bring the zombie vibe into the movie. I haven't heard anybody else say this. Interesting. But that was the whole kind of feeling I had of it. And I was like, okay, great. A zombie movie. Like, who cares? Yeah. It's sort of like I lost all my love of it in the scenes that they they did that with. I thought it was unnecessary and really unimaginative. I felt like it was mm. a shortcut they did not need to take. Thinking about a scene where they're at, they're on the street and it was almost like the Michael Jackson thriller video <laughs> where they're all just sort of like coming in on them all. Oh, yeah, yeah. Multiple locations. And there's this one central point where they are. I think they're on a car. In a yeah, car yeah, yeah. So sort like, of like slow, inevitable march. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I, I do remember being like, how are they going to get out of this? There's, you know, and then obviously they do, but... <laughs> Yeah, that's interesting. I, Wait, I they do? A movie ruin. What? <laughs> <laughs> They're all zombies now. They're all computer zombies. Yeah, Matrix yeah. 5, Return of the Zombies. Yep. I mean, yeah. <laughs> can you imagine? I'm yeah. sad to say I can. <laughs> yeah, I can also. Yeah. Um, but let's say no for let's the say no. sake of no, conversation. Thank you. No, four, thank you. Four is enough. <laughs> oh fantastic um so let's see um heather dear do you have the nielsen readings for this week just to kind of tie it back to tv land for us yes i do interesting week for the nielsen's so number one was friends at 20 i know but at only (laughs) 20.85 million yeah it's kind of low yeah, I, I think we were talking in in our last episode, they were at like 21 something and that felt and low. And that felt low. Also. Yeah. So, and they were at number 2 last time. Right. So, they're no, number 1 with 20.85. Number 2 is Touched by an Angel oh, at 18.19. No. Oh my god. And number 3 was 2020 with 17.24. Were ER and Frasier not on that week? Frasier was number four at 17.21 and wow. ER, which I found out was a rerun, was t- 23rd with 12.69. So what I did, you know, as we were talking about the news, um, basically everyone was watching the news. Oh my God. With Columbine. And so wow. basically, um, so you know abc's 2020 i'm sure they did a special of course and basically everyone was watching regular news and those shows instead of watching 
sitcoms their usual and, and their shows. usual TV. Yeah. Which it's really interesting that the two that broke through that were friends and touched by an angel, because I will say those are the most fluffy and the most just take your mind off it. Yeah. Watch something fun. I mean, especially yeah. if ER was like a rerun, but still. Yeah. So, so normally yeah. it's like ER is number one and then Friends is number two and Frasier is mm-hmm. number three. And of course there's been some variations on that, but that's kind of the standard. Yeah. So interesting. Well, it was just go interesting. Yeah. yeah. Nice to be on top, even if it's crappy. For the week. wrong reasons, but <laughs> yeah, wrong reasons. Hey, yeah. hey, at least we're there. I know. Yeah, exactly. I feel like I should retract my woo, but that's <laughs> all right. I stand by it. Um, interesting. All right. It's well, all as good. I, yeah. As <laughs> I mentioned, we will be, we are here to discuss episode 19, the one where Ross can't flirt. And Heather, do you have the synopsis handy of that one? Yeah. Synopsis is as Joey's grandmother visits to watch him on TV, Ross has trouble flirting with the pizza delivery girl. And Rachel tries to find an earring of Monica's that she has misplaced. Yeah, that's it. True. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I would say, and just to kind of give a slightly more in-depth recap for our listeners who may not have rewatched recently, uh, I would say for me, the A plot, if there is, if you can call it that, <laughs> is um so okay, so let me say this first. This is kind of like a bottle episode, right? Mm-hmm. It's it's close to in real time. It all happens basically within let's say an hour, because it happens basically within one episode of Law and Order. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's slightly compressed time, but it's relatively, it's pretty close to being in real time. Um, They don't really leave the apartment. In fact, there were very few scene breaks in this at Mm -hmm. all, which normally there's about 10 different scenes in an episode. That there was, was a little a, unsettling for me, I have to say. There I, were I couldn't put my finger scenes. on it. Yeah, it, yeah. And it was really interesting. So it's basically a bottle episode where normally with a bottle episode, it's like you're, you're kind of in one location. It's just the core members. So they did have a couple of guests, but it's for the most part, you don't go to a bunch of new locations. Yeah. And one of the reasons, just like one of the reasons that the bottle episode kind of became a thing in television is sometimes if you're making a show, you get partway through the season, you're way over budget. You're like, let's do an episode where we don't have to spend any money. (laughs) Yeah, we don't have to spend any money. We just use one set. We don't bring on any guests. And I think it's kind of become a stylistic thing, of course, too. But um, on rewatching it carefully, I thought that was interesting. I love a good bottle episode. The best kind of bottle episode is where you don't notice it's a bottle episode, really. It's not, it doesn't feel weird. And I think that this show really does lend itself to that very well because they spend so much time in the apartment anyway that until I was watching it closely for to analyze, like, you know, I watched the show several times in preparation for the podcast. Cause I'll watch it kind of trying to decide what food inspiration I want to take. And then I'll watch it again, right before we record and kind of look at it a little more closely. And it wasn't until this most recent watch that I was like, Oh, it's a bottle episode. They really don't like leave the apartment, mm-hmm. um, which I thought was interesting. So the plots in air quotes are <laughs> a little bit different than they might normally be because they are just these like sort of arcs that are kind of compressed time Mm -hmm. maybe a little bit lower stakes or whatever but it's just interesting what you can do and what stories you can tell you know that that basically the assignment is you can't leave the apartment and it's just these six people with plus two guests yeah what kind of arcs can you throw in there so 
all that being said, the A story is Ross trying to flirt with the pizza delivery girl and mm-hmm. failing horribly. And that kind of goes along with this whole thing of accusing Chandler that he's flirting with her. And then Chandler's like, no, I'm not. And then Ross is like, I'm going to tell Monica you were flirting with her. And then Monica's like, I don't care. I flirt with people all the time. And then Chandler's like, I'm sorry, what? That's not okay. And she's like, so it's okay when you do it, but not when I do it. And he says, yes, obviously. uh, Because she's like hot and out of his league. And right. He's like, you're a hot woman. Like when you flirt with a guy, he thinks that you're going to bang him. <laughs> when I flirt with someone, no one cares. Basically. And then Joey, true story. Like he has such a good one liner yep. kind of thing. That totally. Love it. Totally. Um, and so that's kind of that whole, oh, and then of course, Ross just digs it in. I, I mean, it's just horrifying to watch. It's like a train wreck. Ross <laughs> trying to flirt with this poor woman. Um, this like poor defenseless like pizza (laughs) employee and then um that's kind of it for me that was the a story Mm -hmm. the b story is it's chandler and monica's 10 month anniversary which is hilarious in and of itself i was like 10 months who cares um i was like wait two months right your anniversary is in two months (laughs) like what are you doing anyway do you have you been celebrating every month because that feels insane but anyway well and then it i wondered like the writer's I wonder if they, I mean, cause it's, it is sort of 10 months is sort of lower stakes than one year. Right. And true, true. so I wonder if that was a choice in that way, or if the writers, cause it's, it's a pretty, it's sort of a throwaway. It's like less of a plot and more of just a convenience for, right, right. for uh, Monica to be looking for these earrings that Chandler right. gave her. Right. And, um, but I was wondering, cause it's hard to tell time in a season and so so it's interesting yeah I was kind of like I wonder if 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 it has been 10 months or what like what because I I feel like just a few episodes ago when everyone found out it they had it had been five months interesting yeah you know so I don't remember if they said how did they say how many months it had been when everyone found out yeah, oh, they said it had months. been okay. Yeah, yeah. he was like, yeah. "Well, we we had a good five months," and that's oh, when Chandler's okay. trying to scramble out the window. Yeah, interesting. That was so only was a that... few episodes ago. Is that yeah. five months ago? Like, yeah. <laughs> although there yeah. have been a couple of gaps in the season since then. Like, there, you know, I noticed that the date, the air dates, were like a month apart. But I mean, it hasn't been five months in in our time. In right in airtime or whatever. So that's interesting. And again, of course, sometimes they have their Thanksgiving episode one week and their Christmas episode the next week. So like <laughs> sitcom time is not the same as our time. We know that, right. but that's interesting. But I, I actually do like your theory, Heather, about the fact that a low stakes anniversary, because they're le- like, you know, he has a, an, um, reservation at 11 30 p.m or something like that at this <laughs> very fancy place like you would not do that for a one-year anniversary yeah right. right it's like they got and he even says that they got reservations at some restaurant and jean you know, George. is that a real there place i don't know i don't know <laughs> all right but it, they were you know ross or whoever was like oh wow he's like yeah it's at 11 p.m and as long as we have the chicken and don't have dessert don't have dessert <laughs> Oh, it's so classic. I love it. It's like, oh, what's the point? Yeah, that you could be celebrating your 10 month anniversary after hanging out with your friends all night, watching right. Law and Order with his grandmother. You know, like yeah. 
it wouldn't work if it was a one year. So I right, love yeah, that yeah. So it is kind of the perfect thing because all you need is like an occasion where he's like, "Why don't you wear those earrings I got you?" Right. But it's you know, if it was a one year, Monica would be in full Monica mode. I almost want to say bridezilla because that's just her mode all the time. She's just kind <laughs> of a bridezilla in general, like totally whether she's getting married or not. But um. <laughs> anyways it would be like a bigger thing so it's you just need enough of a stakes that it's mm-hmm. there's something going on but not enough that it's like that big of a deal so then the whole thing is just you know Chandler says oh we're going to a nice dinner why don't you wear those earrings I got you and Monica's like oh great idea it goes to Phoebe hey Phoebe I need those earrings back that I lent you Phoebe says oh sure I think I have them in my purse goes to Rachel Rachel I need those earrings back that I lent you <laughs> and of course Rachel can only find one and then um, Phoebe's like, oh no, I have to give them back to Monica. And Rachel's like, oh my God, I'm, these are Monica's? I'm not allowed to I'm not allowed to borrow Monica's stuff. And Phoebe says, why? And she says, because I lose her stuff, <laughs> which is exactly what happened. So anyway, a lot of kind of fun dynamics there, but basically they end up coming clean and then kind of putting a different pair of earrings on Monica, hoping that Chandler won't notice which of course he doesn't and then at the end it turns out that he didn't even pick out the earrings Ross did which is a nice <laughs> I like, love that button, button. yeah it was that. such a good twist at the end of that so yeah. good the whole that whole plot like again in air quotes plot is just so like fun and so many parts of it and it's just such a silly like comedy of errors where like the stakes are never even really there um, yeah but you're invested mm-hmm. you're totally invested in what's gonna happen like oh my god he's gonna see he's gonna see well, and it's you know. all those dynamics between friends of like, she's, she easily <laughs> forgives Phoebe, but then when it's Rachel, she's like, what the hell, you know? And it's just like, it's so, it's just like great character dynamics there. And yes. then the final, I would say the C plot, but in a way, I mean, kind it's interesting because I, I did feel like the C plot, but at the same time, it's sort of the premise in a way of mm-hmm. the whole episode yeah. is they're all gathered to watch um, Joey be on Law and Order. He got on an episode of Law and Order. And so his grandma's there who only speaks Italian, doesn't understand English, which provides some really like dumb humor throughout. I loved it. And, and um, it turns out that he actually got cut from the episode. His scene was cut. And so then he goes o- across the hall to their apartment and you know uses their camera or video camera or whatever to film himself doing a dramatic scene with the duck or whatever <laughs> that to then convince his his uh nona or whatever that um or you know that that was his big scene on law and order which is right because they can't because exp- he realizes that he's been cut and they're all like well maybe you're coming in later and he's like you see that body bag i'm in it yeah and like, yeah, i don't think i'm coming back coming. later yeah and he's he's freaked out or he's like worried because his his grandma is such a big fan and so supportive and like that's so sweet and lovely and he's like this will kill her this will wreck her right if <laughs> i'm not on tv Which and and it's great that i love the added layer of her not really speaking English because they're able to still have this conversation out in the open and right, not worry right. about it. You know, <laughs> the few things that she does say are so funny. Like when the pizza girl comes to the door for, I think the third time and Ross is like preparing himself. And then he's like, what's her name again? And everyone's like, Caitlin. And then the grandma's like, Caitlin, like <laughs> even she knows. Oh my gosh. Okay. So that's just like a briefer or like a slightly more (laughs) in-depth recap and my kind of take on what the A, B, and C plot was. Yes. 
I, I was yeah. actually, I never noticed, and I love that you called it a bottle episode because I don't have a lot of knowledge about like the writing and the structures of TV and stuff. Totally. But when I was rewatching it, that's when I noticed it was only, it never left the apartments. Yep. The two apartments, totally. which is really one set. And I was like, oh, is that why this episode always sort of bugged me a little bit? Like, I love mm. the episode. I love the, but it was like, why didn't we ever leave? Yeah. So right. I never noticed that that bugged me until I noticed that's what happened. And I was mm. like, oh, maybe that's why this was sort of an unsettling right. episode for me. Like they never went anywhere, but it's so smart. And and as soon as you said, there are reasons why they do it. I'm like, oh, probably budget. Yeah, like, yeah. exactly. Right. right. Yeah. So that, that makes a lot of sense. And I love the idea, like, okay. We can't leave the apartment. Right. So what are we going to do for you know, in the apartment? Minutes? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Do you think this was a crossover episode with Law and Order? I was wondering because they mm. show Law and Order on the episode. Yeah. Which feels kind of weird. I was like. They call it by name. And do we need to be watching like a shot of their TV <laughs> showing Law and Order like multiple right. times? Like that was really because kind Joey, of awkward. Yeah, but Joey was never filmed with the actors from Law and Order, which made right. me wonder, like that's how they got around ha- having to do that. He got cut, right? But right. so then was it really a crossover episode or not? I mean, Law and Order must also be an NBC show, right? I don't know. I was wondering that. Is it also an NBC show? Because yes. I had the same question when the one where it Phoebe is, yeah. and Rachel have all that stuff from what was the, the store Rachel bought everything from that catalog. Pottery what was it? Pottery barn. Pottery barn. So there's Pottery the episode. Barn. Husband right. coming in clutch. I love that. I love oh, it. thank goodness. So there's the episode where Rachel buys the apothecary table from Pottery Barn. And oh then my she gosh, that's right. The whole episode is about Pottery Barn. I'm like, did Pottery Barn pay for this episode? Or did they just, like, the writers that's really so Pottery Barn? funny, because yeah. it's true. They could have, like, made up a store. You know what I mean? Or, like, it yeah. doesn't have to be, like, Pottery Barn. That's so weird. Yeah. I'm, like, curious about that. Heather, are you doing any <laughs> Yeah, I am, like, trying to look up to see the the only thing I can find out the episode of Law and Order that's playing is called Agony. Um, I don't know if that would be like what would have been on in. I would assume so. I mean, I guess yeah. they would. I, I don't know how quickly, like if, if this episode aired on April 22nd, I don't know how quickly they film. I don't know how quickly that turnaround is, you know? Right. Well, and maybe so, not like, it, maybe it wasn't the one that was on like that week, but my guess would be it was from maybe that season. Well, that. and that's, yeah, that was what I was curious. It's like how close within, so we can, I'm sure the internet can tell us. Season nine, episode five, it aired November 4th, 1998. That's really interesting. So yeah, so it was from like basically six months prior or five months prior. I wonder, that's interesting. And I wonder just thinking about TV and people like if you're a Friends fan and a Law and Order fan and you're watching Friends and then you see this episode of Law and Order and you're like, wait a second, I I saw that. I remember that episode. Right. That's so funny. Although I don't know if you would because they showed very brief clips and kind of just of the main characters, but maybe, yeah. I mean, if you're right diehard law and order fan i guess you would be like yes i know that that episode. so interesting 
It's listed in Wikipedia as being shown during an episode, not as a crossover with the show. I think right. it, it was a crossover if it was. Mm-hmm. But I was curious about that. So I think we might have close to a definitive answer. No. Yeah. <laughs> they I just went to the NBC catalog. Officially, right. Not officially yeah, we a crossover. The, what can we use without paying for it? <laughs> yeah said, Here, use this one. <laughs> well right because it's also their show and then what was the i mean there was a recent episode we did where they were referencing another cop show oh or was it yeah Law and order or was it something else i don't remember but i don't remember what it what was show is like sipowitz on i don't remember oh nypd, NYPD blue. blue there you go right right so they referenced but- that which is also i believe an <laughs> nbc show anyway it's just really funny they're like let's just get all our dramas <laughs> actually Zipowit, uh NYPD Blue was on ABC. Oh. Not NBC. Oh, that's interesting. So that was just a pop culture reference, huh. I think. Wow. I mean, I'd be curious if at the same time what TV shows are doing friends references. Because I'm sure that right. that's happening just as much as Friends is doing cop cop show references i'm sure that there's plenty of shows that are talking about friends or has have friends on in the background interesting yeah of course yeah that's very interesting i thought that that element was very weird and kind of funny that they had the tv on um (laughs) but yeah (laughs) um i was reading in this in on the wiki page just now about phoebe and i love the moment where phoebe talks to the grandmother in Italian and like offers her a glass of water and I love that and they're like you speak Italian and she's like I guess <laughs> I guess so <laughs> it is... just goes with her whole like I'm part of the universe I am magic you are magic thing and oh it's so some great lines and you guys know that they don't ever wear the same outfit more than once right you know oh, the friends never interesting oh, so there's some friends trivia yay I was sure you had this already no so friends trivia never a repeated outfit you're gonna watch it differently now that you know that wow well i mean phoebe definitely wears the orange jacket like i feel like there's some jackets and coats like the orange coat has definitely repeated a lot but they're actual like right you know, pants shirt dress um and Very so i always look at their clothes and i mm. think what's interesting is i preferred Pete phoebe's outfit for this episode more than any of the others like my um monica even though she was going out to dinner I didn't like her. It was like a red dress. I think I didn't like it as much as I like, mm-hmm. like Phoebe's black outfit was so great on her. Like it was mm-hmm. so classic and so uh, becoming on her. I just loved it. Yeah. She, and she great. had some good lines too. Like the line where she goes to Ross after the pizza girl leaves and says, what else do they put yes. smell into? <laughs> oh my God. That was so funny because there's this moment where the four friends that were there. Okay. So Ross is at the door trying to flirt. It is going so horribly in the background. You have this shot of Rachel, Phoebe, Monica, and Chandler, like mm-hmm. all in a row. And this is actually really interesting to me it reminded me of the episode earlier in the season I don't remember the name of the episode but it's the one where Ross sleeps with Janice and Mm -hmm. they're in the other apartment Ross is standing across the apartment Janice is at the door and there's four friends right in a row yeah also um except for not Chandler because Chandler's the one so it's the other four it's yeah Joey it's the girls and Joey 
in that particular one. And it's just like this really interesting thing when they line them all up like that, because it's very awkward and unnatural, but it's like this almost weird, like, I don't know, it's almost this weird cartoony kind of like, we're all yeah. just like blatantly standing here and judging. It's like, they're the panel, you know what I mean? Yeah, they're just right. like the panel of judges or something like that. <laughs> um, and it's really interesting. And then they each have like something to say in response to what just happened with Ross. <laughs> and, you know, he closes the door and he's like, oh my God, was I talking about gas or something like that? And they each have a little comment and Phoebe goes, well, I found it interesting, <laughs> which you kind of think that she's like, just trying to be nice, yeah. like find something good to say of like, well, I found it interesting. But then at the button on the end of the scene is she like goes over to Ross and she's like, well, what else do they put? Like, she's genuinely like, no, but I'm actually <laughs> yeah. interested in what you're talking about. Can we like circle yeah. back to that? Right. Uh, my was- favorite, my favorite reaction though, was Chandler's. More so than anything else. More so than anything else. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what the rest of them each said. Do you, does anyone yeah, have I it? don't. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it was so funny. <laughs> and like earlier in that scene, <laughs> um, Chandler goes, oh, the humanity. <laughs> Which is also <laughs> really funny. I love oh, Chandler. Chandler also says at one point, if this is the way all the gallers flirt, we don't have a problem. Right. <laughs> so yeah. Funny. I um, love in this yeah. storyline, the, so obviously Ross is saying that Chandler's flirting and Chandler's like, no, I'm not flirting. I'll show you flirting. And then <laughs> they're in the boy's apartment and he like, <laughs> He like puts his head down, like he's getting into character, like starts to take a step forward. And Ross is like, I'm good. <laughs> like, I got it. I realized this is obviously honestly, not flirting. Honestly, that was so funny in the cold open. Mm-hmm. I was dying, like, Chandler's like, I'll show you flirting. And then like starts to get into some sort of physicality. And Ross is just like, no, no. never mind. <laughs> no, which don't do it. So funny because like, Chandler, bless him. I just feel like he's the kind of person that if he were to try, consciously try to flirt, no way, that's not going to happen. The only reason that yeah. he's able to have like rapport with this delivery person is because he's not invested at all. He like has a girlfriend and he's just like kind of a silly, like funny, quick witted, like witty person. So he's literally yeah. just like being friendly. Being and they've clearly yeah. ordered so many pizzas from this pizza place. Like this is their usual thing. Like yeah. they order pizza. It's not, you know, like, and it, it's even funny towards the end of the episode when Rachel's talking to Caitlin privately or whatever. Um, you know, she's like, yeah, Ross really likes you. And she's like, really? And, and and Rachel's like, well, you know, we've got seven people up there and like 10 pizzas. What do you think? And Caitlin's like, well, I just thought Joey was there. <laughs> Which well, you know, the Friday special. Right. <laughs> clearly she knows them anyway. So yeah. um, Friday special for Joey is two pizzas. Like yeah. the oh official Friday special. <laughs> right, Can we right. talk a little bit though about this whole thing between Ross and Caitlin? Because I feel like she felt unsafe yeah. Mm-hmm. Like she is a pizza delivery girl. How much do they make? Nothing. Probably nothing. Like nothing. And she offers to pay for the pizza <laughs> to get the heck out of there. Oh, totally. Oh, to get the hell out of there. Yeah. And then 
she ends up giving her number like I sort I get it's a I get it's a comedy right but I sort of felt like she felt unsafe yeah I I feel like you know both both Zoe and I have worked in the food service industry and I mean that power dynamic between a customer, a paying customer and a person who is working or behind the counter. That's a really tough situation because we are in charge of making the customer happy and having, helping them have a good experience, but we're also at work. So we have to abide by whatever work rules and professionalism. So if someone is hitting on you or being aggressive or, you know, or whatever, it's like, you kind of just have to smile and nod. And that's just, that's like what society tells us, right? We're not allowed to be like, Hey, fuck off. I'm at work because then we're going to lose our job or get in trouble because they're going to be like that, you know, that register person was so mean to me, you know, or whatever. And so I, I totally hear you on that. Like she's, trapped i mean yeah it's it's, it's a he funny was situation money like yeah in she's that like scene, he was holding it up and mm. not willing to give it to her because he wasn't done with her yet yeah like, right, it felt right. predatory yeah even as, we know he's a good guy right he doesn't right yeah well and it's, clearly that was not his intention but that doesn't matter you know what i mean and it's exactly like, she clearly felt so uncomfortable which i think everyone in the scene felt incredibly uncomfortable <laughs> including ross but it's also just honestly not fair like if you even just take a step back like they keep calling her back to the apartment not because they want pizza but because ross is trying to prove something about flirting with her which is really kind of creepy it's like she's a a person she doesn't have a choice as to whether she wants to go to their apartment again or not Mm -hmm. my guess is she doesn't especially after the second time maybe after the first time she doesn't think much of it but then after the second time she's just like okay bye you know like and then she has to go back she's like fuck like can I get on with my night? Like, I don't know what the dynamics are, but at that point I'd be like, cool. Can anyone else take these pizzas for me? Like, I don't want to go <laughs> right. back. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. like, she is, she's in this position where she's just like, great. I have to have possibly another like uncomfortable interaction again. And it's my job. I don't really have a choice there. And like, he's not consciously like with, I don't think Ross is actively like, I'm not going to pay her until I'm done trying but he is trying right. to like I'm that's what he's doing my flirting skills which yeah like, i'm gonna get her phone number that's not appropriate yeah that's not there is a power dynamic at play that just makes it really uncomfortable it's like if you're gonna practice your flirting skills like go to a bar and try flirting with like another patron who's mm-hmm. there in their yeah. free will who if they want to leave can just be like fuck off and leave you know what i mean right like, like interacting well, with then... they're at work is just like that's not appropriate it's not cool. And then at the end, when Rachel goes up to her and says, hey, 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 right. you know, flagging her down in the street. <laughs> right. And she's like, well, if he's so great, why don't you go out with him? And she's like, well, maybe if it goes somewhere, we'll have to have another conversation. And I'm thinking, <laughs> why are you giving this guy your phone number? He's been creepy, predatory. Now yeah. this woman is telling you there's a reason I'm not dating him. <laughs> why did you give him your number? Like, Why? Oh, does she say I that? Know. I guess I missed that interaction yeah. where Rachel says something. I mean, I know she's like, oh, yeah. he's really great. Oh, that's if he's so, so great, weird. why don't you go out with him? And she says, well, down the road, we may need to have a, a further conversation. Implying that oh, there's a reason that. I don't date him. Right. And the, or at least that there's a big the reason. There's a complicated, there's, it's complicated. It's complicated. Yeah. I'm just looking at it. If I'm really that person, 
you know, it, it's not a TV show character that's just a walk-on. Like I'm no, really totally. that person. And I'm thinking I would never give that guy my number. Oh my God. You know, totally. I don't, heck no. Ever, you know? I mean, I will say that we don't know if that's really her number. <laughs> uh, that's that's, that's the right thing it. to do. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> we, you know, we don't see Ross calling it anyway just throwing that out there we don't know but um that's but yeah. right that's anyway right. That is it point. is super <laughs> uncomfortable so thank you for bringing that up because I was like poor Caitlin get out of there dude yes. which she did she's just like anyway goodbye forever, yeah she's basically hopefully. like I'd rather pay for your pizza than have to deal with this <laughs> right exactly exactly and she can't insane. make very much money exactly yeah yeah I will say though that David Schwimmer throughout this episode his just terrible flirting is fantastic. Uh, he's amazing. I, oh, he's he was hilarious. Amazing. He's an amazing yeah. actor. Seriously. Have you, have you ever seen him interviewed in real life, like on a talk show or whatever, David Schwimmer? I don't think so. A little bit. I've seen he, some friends interviews with okay, all of yeah, them. So like the tonight show or whatever. No, I mean like him by himself. Mm. He is like the coolest, suavest, hippest guy like his whole energy. I cannot believe that. That's like so I know. weird. I was floored. But then I looked into him a little bit. He is an amazing actor who yeah. does a ton of prep work. Mm-hmm. His comedic timing isn't natural. I mean, maybe he has a natural flair for right, it. But but he it's, works yeah. his ass off yeah. to be that good. And um, Matt LeBlanc mentioned it briefly during the reunion. Mm-hmm. Like how hard he knows David worked on whatever scene they were talking about, but he just does so much prep. And when I saw him, I don't even remember what he said on the interview, but just him walking out, like his whole energy was just like this strong, confident man, you know? So crazy. Completely different than Ross. (laughs) Right. Yeah. 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 That's so interesting. (laughs) Yeah. I've really been so impressed with david schwimmer this on this like rewatch this season i mean ross was honestly never i've said this on the podcast before but ross was never a character that i really was that drawn to or felt like was that interesting i was just like eh he's kind of blah he's a wet blanket whatever but in this rewatch i'm like oh my god david schwimmer is like i think they're all great and they're all so funny and they all have some really amazing moments but david schwimmer is just like an he's just operating on a higher level of acting and performing than the rest of the group is it's really incredible to watch absolutely i love the way joey delivers a line i love the way phoebe delivers a line yeah i love the way chandler delivers a line i don't know if i can say that about monica um monica kind of sucks but it's fine (laughs) i mean (laughs) i just don't you know i i never hear her say a line i'm like oh good delivery Mm. yeah with everybody else the thing about Monica is I think that she, in a way, she's kind of like the straight woman. You know what I mean? Like she's sort of like the serious one that then gets frustrated with all the shenanigans around her. And like when the things that are funny about her is when she goes super overboard into like competitive, crazy Monica mode. And that yeah. is funny, <laughs> you know, like that yeah. kind of just yeah. like very like intense energy that she has is funny just because it's like so over-exaggerated or when you know, and she, she has some good like quips once in a while, but it's usually kind of like 
she's more part of like the premise. And then maybe mm-hmm. it's Phoebe or Chandler has a little bit more of like a punchline, you know what I mean? Or even Rachel. Yeah. So she doesn't really get as much in terms of like, if that makes sense. I feel like she doesn't maybe get as many of the I agree laughs. With that. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. You know who else I thought was kind of unlikable in this episode was Rachel speaking of mm. because she loses the earring. She's not sorry. She's like, whatever, <laughs> right. just wear another set of earrings. Like, what's your problem? What is right. what I can eat them for? Who cares? Oh, these are your sunglasses? Okay, fine, whatever. Oh, oh I'm gosh. sorry too. Give me a hug. Like she was a she was a dick. <laughs> this whole episode. I just was like, and and I noticed it more rewatching it in prep for this conversation than yeah. I had in the past. Yeah. But she just was like that spoiled rich right. brat person right. mm-hmm. more so than she is typically in this season. And it's it like that, that type of energy when someone makes a mistake and they don't own up to it. They just complain that everyone's mad at them or whatever. Yes. It's like, Deflect. why are you so, yeah, it's like, <laughs> it's not my fault that it's like, no, it, it is your fault. You lost these important earrings. Yeah. And you always lose Marcus shit or whatever. Yeah. Um, right. It's interesting because I don't know. I feel like we've kind of touched on this in past episodes. Sometimes I feel like they kind of just paint on whatever they is convenient to paint on for Rachel Mm. in terms of like personality traits. I don't remember ever hearing about how Rachel's always losing stuff before. She seems like she's very put together and probably wouldn't be the type of person that would lose like earrings and sunglasses and ruin people's clothes or something. Cause you know, you know, that type of friend, that type of friend where you're like, yeah. Oh, I know better than to give her my shit because I'll, yeah. we'll never see it again. You know? And Rachel doesn't really fit that, but I mean, it's happened on previous episodes too. Like in the one with all the resolutions, out she's of nowhere the gossip yeah out of yeah. nowhere they're like well rachel you need to stop gossiping because you're always <laughs> gossiping it's like i've never once heard her gossip like, since when right yeah oh, okay. although it's a good line with her her breasts were like this yeah in the one with um where phoebe gets the embryos the one with all the embryos i think it's called mm-hmm. <laughs> isn't there something about a walkman or a cd player that gets lost oh, um I and remember. i think that is blamed on rachel yeah i can't remember the specifics right now yeah, yeah. yeah. so i and feel I like mean, that wasn't as out of the blue but i agree it was not something they focused on as a personality trait in the past really it's interesting because i do like rachel and i think she can be very funny but in a way, I feel like she doesn't necessarily have that strong of character traits. I mean, we kind of know about her her past and her history and everything, but her kind of role seems to sort of be the hot girl who is like perfectly nice and, you know, a good friend. You know, she has like great dynamics with the friends and I'm not saying she's like ditzy or, or anything like that, but she just seems to be very like mutable and they mm-hmm. sort of paint on whatever type of trait that they want to, that is what kind of fits the writing convenience of the time. Absolutely. In yeah. fact, can I point out a really annoying one that has always bugged me? Of yes. course. The thing about her either knowing how to sail or not knowing how to sail. <laughs> like when there's a line in a really early episode where her dad got her a boat because her pony was sick or something uh-huh. like that. Right, right. And then there- but then there's a regatta gala where she doesn't actually know how to sail. Right, and she's right. King Joey sailing in like the ninth season. There's just like all these inconsistencies. Does Rachel know how to sail or not? <laughs> right, like, totally. Make a decision. <laughs> well, I just feel like they're like, oh, let's just fill in some random thing that might, like a rich girl might have something 
to do with or not you know what right. I mean but there's not really any level of like in a way I just don't feel like her character is that like deep and complex which I mean to be fair it's a sitcom it is like they're they are archetypes they are over exaggerated you know like human cartoon is what Heather and I met in clown school and the whole thing of clowns is they're like human cartoons it's like an over exaggerated like person and that's you know what sitcom yes characters are as well um but anyway but I don't feel like there's anything it like to what you're saying I don't feel like there's anything over exaggerated about Rachel that's so true you know like there's there's things that I know that you couldn't have Monica do or you couldn't have Phoebe do just because who they are over the course of these 10 seasons whereas like you're saying Rachel it's like sure she can be forgetful sure she can be a gossip, whatever it right. is that she needs to be. Whereas like, I don't, I couldn't see that storyline working as well with Monica or Phoebe, just because we, that's such a good point. Yeah. We, we know them so well. And it's like, it's interesting because we've talked a lot about street Phoebe and, and right. yeah. history. And that's something that they, they bring back a lot in different ways. And right. that's yes. something that they can paint on something new with her, but under the umbrella of her having grown up on the street. So whatever it is, you know, including like speaking Italian. Exactly. Right. Or that feels like it fits. That seems like something that could be from her past in some way or another. Right. 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 Whereas it doesn't, it just, yeah, I don't think Rachel is defined enough that it there, I guess it doesn't really matter. She can be a gossip. She can be forgetful. She can lose things, whatever. And it doesn't, it's just kind of like, oh, I guess that's just who she is. Well, and it just feels like the overarching theme is that she's just like a hot girl. And like the yeah. overarching reason she's there is to be in like a series long will they, won't they with Ross or exactly. whatever, you right. know, yeah. which is just like, yeah, which is fine, but it, it is interesting. All right. Let's see. What were some of our other favorite like jokes or moments? I really like all the stuff with the grandma. Yes. I love that. Do you know that actress is actually French? Oh, oh I love it. I did not she know that. She has passed away, unfortunately. She died in 2008. Mm. But she was a very famous French actress in her day. Yeah, I when that. I looked when I looked her up, yeah. her picture was like from the 1920s. It was black and white. And oh man, she just gorgeous. She was a hot girl. Yeah. <laughs> get it, girl, for sure. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I, yeah, I just, I loved, I just loved all of that, that dynamic and that just paint it's, you know, uh, we talk, the show talks about Joey's family and I know he's got like a hundred sisters and, right and, you know, and, and he's, and I, I love how they bring his family in every once in a while. And one of the jokes within this episode is that his grandma's here and they're like, oh, is this the one that speaks English or doesn't speak English? So the friends all know that there's another Italian grandma that does speak English. And, and I just, I love just, she's just so sweet. And I love that she's wearing her little, you know, handkerchief on her head. And she's just uh, at one point, I forget the context around this, but they're trying to like talk with her and oh I think it's when Joey goes to the other apartment I, I don't know and Chandler's like so you're old and small yeah <laughs> oh it's so yeah. good just trying to have small talk with this 
tiny yeah. woman, tiny ancient woman yeah. that doesn't speak English. Like the running yeah. joke that Chandler keeps trying to talk to her and then is like, what am I doing? She doesn't speak English is so yeah. like funny. And like Chandler's just like, no, everyone has to like me and I have to like make everyone feel at ease and like chat with everyone. It's like, you can't just like leave the woman alone. She has no idea what you're talking about. Yes. <laughs> and then there's another part when, when Joey realizes that his part's been cut and he's like, he's like, no one, you know, no one freak out. Everyone keeps smiling. And so, for, <laughs> oh, it's so creepy. for kind of a while, they're all talking through their smiles. And it's, it's very creepy and very funny. Just them being like, <laughs> how long do we do this? It's like, just, and they're like, she'll look over and they're like nodding their heads, even though they're yeah. saying like, what are you going to do, Joey? <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. It's so funny. I love when Monica, when he says, uh, when they somebody says, "What are you gonna do?" and he says, "Oh," and Monica says, "Don't you leave? <laughs> Don't you run away and leave her here?" Yeah. Okay. Oh, and then he runs. No oh my god! Totally. Oh, like, and that's so just so epitome of Joey. I just love that that physical comedy that he's so good at. <laughs> totally. Well, and then at one point he's like. Oh, there I am. And she's like, no. And Sam Waterston. Sam Waterston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, Sam Waterston. (laughs) Oh, I love that. And then she lists a couple of the movies he's in Capricorn One. Yeah something else and Chandler's like so she doesn't speak English but she knows Capricorn one yeah, yeah. exactly like she doesn't know hello but she knows Capricorn one yeah yeah exactly um I was just trying to but find that's this. true yeah of people who don't speak in a language but they know the names of stuff sure and, you know like that yeah, like cultural stuff person yeah. or a, a movie or whatever Things that yeah, are on like TV that, right yeah that actually tracks with how I would expect it to be in real life totally. oh yeah I agree yeah yeah. Um, I was trying to find the exact quote because I loved Chandler's little speech that he gives to Monica about what guys are like or whatever. Monica's like, oh, teach me about men and women or whatever. And Chandler's like, see, you flirt with a guy you think I'm just flirting. No big deal. But the guy is thinking, finally, somebody who wants to sleep with me. And Monica says, no way. And he says, it's true. And she says, that's pathetic. And he says, again, true. <laughs> and monica says and this goes for all guys you know she's kind of sarcastic and disbelieving yeah. and chandler says and this is my favorite part all guys that are awake and then we go to sleep and all guys from the other end of the world wake up and behave in the exact same way <laughs> which i thought was amazing yeah now, how do you feel about the premise that it's okay to flirt if you're in a committed relationship, like this was kind of a premise in this show, mm, right. this episode, like, of course it's okay to flirt. It doesn't mean anything. And I was thinking like, I think my husband would care. Right. Yeah. If I was flirting with people. Well, but I don't know. I think I it's, mean, it's different think about that. I mean, I guess like, I don't, I, I think I would probably fall in the category of Ross if I don't really know how to flirt, like Ross, <laughs> Ross and Chandler of like, I can be friendly and someone could say like, you were flirting. And I'd be like, what? But, but I, I can't actively flirt. I don't know how to do that. And <laughs> so I, same, same. yeah. So I, it, it's that weird, I guess, middle ground of like, oh, I'm being nice to a stranger I'm not giving my phone number out or I'm not using my like feminine wiles to get 
something out of a situation, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it is kind of a weird, a weird thing. I would never be like, I'm going to go try and get us a table at this packed restaurant and like use my femininity to do that. Cause I <laughs> just it wouldn't work. <laughs> my sexuality. What is Phoebe's line on an early episode? She's like, I'll use the greatest tool at my disposal. My sexuality. My sexuality. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Watch and learn. Yeah. Like, honestly, like I think my on. husband would be better at doing that, not in like a flirting way, but just as like good at being charming. Or charming. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I will say that like both my partner and I have bartended for many years. I mean, I've definitely flirted tons in a relationship at the bar because that's my job. You know what and I mean? Tips. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like not to the yeah. point where I'm like crossing a line that I feel is uncomfortable or whatever but I and I think earlier on in our relationship which is also just code for when I was a little bit younger I probably (laughs) was like a lot more flirty just in general and that never bothered that never has bothered Alex at all he's never been jealous because of course there's nothing going on um so I mean I I honestly don't really think it's that I think it depends on the people and what it means to you you know what I mean like to me you know, sometimes if I were to dress in a way where I had my tits out or whatever, and like was a little friendly and saucy to, to people like that, I don't think that would be too out of keeping with my personality just as a whole. Sure. Um, so I don't think that that would really be that big of a deal. But I'm, I'm more like, I think Heather, what you said, I'm friendly and sometimes it's seen as flirtatious, Yeah, but it isn't. I've had women be upset at me for flirting with their man. Mm. And I swear I wasn't like, I, I, that was furthest thing from my mind. I was just being friendly. Yeah. You're like, who? Yeah. Like I was doing what? <laughs> that that I, guy? I don't, I don't even, did I, yeah. I don't remember talking to him. <laughs> <laughs> I so I like, got really careful because yeah. I never mm-hmm. would want anybody to feel uncomfortable. Right. And so I kind of overcorrected and now I'm, I'm less friendly than I used to be, I think. Well, now I barely even socialize with anyone ever. So there's not not a lot of danger there, but (laughs) yeah, I hear you. And I think I would probably be in that same camp too, where it's like, I can also just be really friendly. And like, I have a lot to talk about. Usually myself is what I'm most interested in talking about, but (laughs) sometimes other things that might be of interest to people in general. So yeah, I think I've definitely could easily drift into that same camp as well. Yeah. Well, I moved around a lot as a kid. And so Mm -hmm. I got used to getting to know another person and making them feel special. So they would accept Mm. me Yeah, because I was always the new kid. And I I'm sure that doesn't help. Well, (laughs) right. I mean, that's, it's great for making friends, you know, that's how you do it, you know? So, and that's what people, that's what makes you someone that people love being around. You know what I mean? So yeah, I definitely get it. Yeah. That's not a skill (laughs) that I have. I'm like, Oh, uh, you're new to me. Let's sit here in silence. <laughs> it's, how so fun. It's, so, talk. it's so interesting to me how different people feel comfortable because like I'm one that, and I've actually had to do a lot of work on getting more comfortable, just sitting like, like I've had to do active work with the realization or the concept that like, if it's quiet in a social situation, it's not my job to fill the silence. I don't have to always be the one to talk. And I don't know if it's from customer service. I don't know if it's, I can, I actually like, 
I am actually kind of shy, which people are like, no, you're not. And I'm like, no, I am. I just have like, my coping mechanisms are different. Mm. Like my coping mechanism is to like, well, let's start a conversation. Let me ask you about yourself. Let me make sure that like everyone's having a good time and we're, we're talking, there's a conversation going. And I've really had to learn to be like, you know what, if we're sitting here silently, like there are other people that can also break the silence if they feel uncomfortable, even though I'm the one that maybe they don't feel uncomfortable. It's just me that feels uncomfortable, (laughs) you know, but in a social situation, I'm more likely to be gregarious and, and kind of like overly chatty until I get more comfortable with people and know them better. And that's when I feel more comfortable being a little bit more quiet actually. Whereas I know a lot of people that are the opposite and they're like, oh, in a new group of people, I don't really feel comfortable talking that much. And then when I get, when I get comfortable with a group of people, then they're kind of like chatty and gregarious Mm. side comes out. So anyways, it's just kind of interesting. That's actually me in a group. Like if I'm one-on-one, I'm a super friendly, ask you questions. Although I'm cool with science silence these days, since I've been a trainer for a long time, but when I'm in a group, Mm -hmm. I'm like, I hate everyone. (laughs) And it's weird. Like I have a friend who is, she's the kind of person, everybody's her friend. Mm -hmm. Everybody's invited over for dinner. You invite, you're invited over for dinner. Probably 16 people are going to stop by while you're there and she'll let them all come over and hang out. It's for me, that's exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. And if I want to hang out with her, I don't, I specifically ask her like, please don't invite anybody else. Right. Yeah. it's, It's not because I don't like those people. They're all very nice. But I want to hang out with you. Just one on one I don't time. want to hang out with a group. Yeah. And so that's um, interesting. Like my dynamic in a group, I'm actually pretty standoffish. And not because yeah. I'm a, an asshole. You know, I'm not right. like I hate you. But like I'm uncomfortable until I, because like we're not one-on-one. Right. Like there's too many people to try and get to know at once. And so because of my coping mechanism of, yeah, I need to see who you are so I can see who I am. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. Make sure you like me. I can't do that in a group. <laughs> yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty shy in a group, especially a group of new people. And I, I think people are always surprised of that. They're like, wait, you're shy? Because once I'm with people that I know and trust and mm-hmm. know I can be myself and make jokes and they're gonna laugh at them and know, you know, like know that we're all on the same we're comfortable and safe with each other, then I'm, I'm much more outgoing. I'm much more willing to share and talk and talk about myself or what, you know, or whatever. Yeah, totally. But yeah, you put me in like, um, like at an opening night at, at a theater. Cause I, I do theater and I, so I see a lot of theater. It's like, I go to like an opening night and it's like a bunch of people that I sort of know, like we all know each other because we're all in the Bay area theater scene, but we don't right. like actually know each other. I am the person that's awkwardly standing with my cocktail by the cheese plate. Like I just, that's until someone comes up to me, then I'm just like, do I, do I just leave? (laughs) You know, because it's, I'm, I just don't know how to, I don't know how to do that. I don't know how to have small talk with strangers or be like, I also have the assumption that everyone always forgets who I am. So I don't want to be like, honey. (laughs) And, and you know, it's, it's not irrational. Like it's, there have been, it has 
it, it has comes, it comes from somewhere. Yeah. And, and, and so it's like, I'll go to places. I'll be like, Oh, I, I know that person. I did a staged reading with them five years ago, but do they even know who I am? Right. Do I want to put myself in that situation where I'm like, hi, I know you. And they're like, who? you know, so it's, it's, it's weird. Yeah. Being social yeah. is, is hard. And I mean, large, large group settings. I have a little, a lot more like shyness in, I think, yeah. but I think it's in that like small group setting where I'm just like, my go-to is to be like, let's get some conversations. You know, anyway, it's just interesting to like see the different way. And it, it depends on the group, but um, yeah. yeah. I have it's- two tips. Can I give you two tips for please. group setting kind of stuff? Okay. Oh my God, please. So the first, so the first one is I always worry people are going to forget me too. And so I will say, hi, Trista Polo. I don't know if you remember me. We did a reading five years ago. Mm-hmm. I love that. So like, I assume they're going to forget me. And I just manage it right from the beginning so that if, and then usually they're like, I know who you are. That's actually really like, like kind okay. etiquette because yeah, like, no it just immediately gets everything out on the table. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the first thing. And the second thing, and this is advice I got years ago um, at a training on how to be a better business networker. And I nice. used it yeah. so many times and it works so great. So when you're in a setting where you don't really know people very well, or you don't know them at all, you feel super awkward because they're all in their little friend groups and they're all like, everybody seems to know everybody, except nobody seems to know you and you don't know them. Mm-hmm. So you take on the persona, like, mm-hmm. cause I do, I've done acting as well. So I get into character. I am the host of this party. I love that. And it's my job to make sure that everyone here is having a good time. I don't tell anybody this. I don't put it on my name tag. I'm just like inside. Right. And so if I see somebody standing by the cheese plate by themselves, it's my job to go up and make sure they're okay and see if they're having a good time. And if they need anything, I love it. So it's like, I take ownership of the party mentally so that I need to be everywhere. And so it's not a problem if I go anywhere. So I can break up Mm. a conversation. I can include myself in a joke. I can walk up to a person by themselves because I am the host and I need to make sure everybody's having a good time. So those are my two tips. I love that. That's a great, great tip. Yeah. Because I mean, it's all about confidence in those situations too. And it's not like anyone's going to be like, I'm sorry, I was having a private joke in this network. You know what I mean? Like, no one's going to be like, <laughs> you're not invited anyway. So I just love that. Thank you for sharing that. That was great. You're yeah. welcome. I don't That's always do it. <laughs> well, totally. But Fair. sometimes I'm standing no. quietly by myself. But yeah, it depends that, on your mood the, uh, as well, of course. It does. It does. <laughs> just being real. I <laughs> know. Oh, totally get it. So I kind of want to talk about when Ross is trying to flirt with Phoebe because oh, yeah. I loved that scene. I don't know what he's doing with like his leg. Oh my gosh. It's like foot <laughs> is up on the couch and he's leaning on the kitchen table chair. He's like trying to give oh her like God. Joe eyes. And he's like, so Phoebe, like, how's it going? And he's like, even those vegetables have a real thing going on. Thing going on. <laughs> and she's like, what are you doing? And he's like, do you like it? <laughs> or no, what does she say she says why are you being weird and he why says, are you being weird he says yeah. do you do you like it and she says no that would be why are you being cute <laughs> and he like, says oh i was flirting and she's like oh i did not get that i did not get that <laughs> oh my god so oh that's so good funny. i'm just imagining david schwimmer in a mirror and he's looking <laughs> out 
You know what I mean? Oh my like, gosh. Is my foot better up or back? Or what if I arch my, like, can you imagine him working that out? Oh my mm-hmm. God. It was so funny. I mean, <laughs> I will say I found this episode really funny. I thought there were a lot of really great jokes in this episode, which is interesting because like, it is a weird episode. The plots are not even really plots. They're honestly yeah. just like series of jokes. And like, we mentioned, we kind of, we kind of talked about the joke with the earrings already, but like all the little steps of business that put that, that whole thing together were so funny, yes. including Rachel being like, oh, I finally found my sunglasses. And Phoebe being like, those are my sunglasses. And then later <laughs> Monica's like telling the list of things Rachel's lost. Like if it's not my blue sweater, it's my sunglasses. And then Phoebe's like, oh yeah. And then gives her back the sunglasses. Yeah. So it's like, it's not just Rachel. It's like a whole dynamic, <laughs> but it always dynamic. gets blamed on Rachel for whatever reason. <laughs> Um, which is so funny. Phoebe's like, why would Phoebe have even thought they were hers? Anyway, it doesn't matter. We don't need to know that part, but then all the little bits of like, oh, do these earrings look the same? And it's like, as the other earrings, not as each other. Oh, well then no, you know, (laughs) Rachel. Or when, um, yeah, go ahead. When Phoebe finds it, she's like, I found it. Oh, where was it? On your dresser. That's the only one we had. That's the first one. She's like, that's the first one. Phoebe's so proud of herself. She's like, it was just on your dresser. That's, oh my God. that's the original one. Ah, when Rachel's on her hands and knees, like looking under the, the carpet, because she's like, it's in the apartment, which is great because it like goes right into the whole bottle episode vibe. Yep. It's in, somewhere in the apartment. So she's on her hands and knees and Monica's like, what are you doing back there? And she's like, oh, in the TV is just too scary. And Monica's like, it's a diaper commercial. And Rachel says, oh, well, you know me, like baby's responsibility. Ah. so funny there's so many little bits in that and then like all the like twists and turns and then finally Chandler's like oh yeah they look great and at the end we already said this but the end to Ross oh thanks thanks again for picking out those earrings for me like he doesn't even know what the earrings look like like it doesn't matter but anyway I did for nothing I did think this episode was so funny and in the during all the stuff with the gas oh my god I was like I was watching this by myself I was laughing out loud hysterically everything Ross yeah. is saying and then all the reactions afterwards yeah. with the friends and like then because like earlier uh, you know Ross is like well it worked on you to Rachel or whatever and she's like oh yeah we met you flirted and nine years later you had me so then like <laughs> later after the flirting goes terribly he's like well you know in nine years her and I will be right there right there <laughs> <laughs> Like, or Chandler being like, Rachel, when you were with Ross, did it bother you when he flirted with other women? And she's like, no, it bothered me when he slept with other women. <laughs> yeah. And thank you, thank you. for that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's anyway, so good. I just, I, I really yeah. love the um, eight-year-old boys exchange. Because oh my gosh. It, like six steps farther than anybody has any right to. And he's yeah. like, you understand, I don't actually like, right. she's like, I just want the money oh, for the I pizza. The money. Well, and right. it made me think of the episode, <laughs> the pivot episode with the couch where he's like, oh he God. sits down on the couch and he's like, I want this to say, you know, like, hello or girl. Or like, I want a couch that kids will want to sit on, but also one that says, come here, come here to, to me. me. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> kids but like what he's saying is he has a kid but also wants it to be sexy or whatever right and so I I love that that sort of translated in the same thing where Caitlin in the first exchange with Chandler says you know he's like oh you got a haircut and she's like yeah I kind of hate it it makes me I feel like I like I look like an eight-year-old boy and so then Ross is like 
using his excellent flirting skills is like, I'm going to use that. He's like, I happen to like eight-year-old boys. And she's just like deadpan. Like what? (laughs) Ross, no. I also love, uh, we talked about this with, with grandma Tribbiani calling out Caitlin's name, but when Ross is like amping up to start flirting. So first the, the two times that she comes back, he's like, I got it. I got it. I got it. And is like flailing. And everyone's like, I know that you're going to get the door, but he, he runs to the door. He has his hand on the, the door handle. He starts laughing as if he's, you know, just coming from a joke. He stops and he turns back to the group and is like, what's her name again? They all say Caitlin. And then he sort of like gets back into that character of laughing, which was just so, so so good. So good. Yeah. So funny. The timing Mm -hmm. on the jokes was because it was so important. Because the show really, that episode really was about the jokes. Yeah. And the one-liners, like you said, Zoe, right? Totally. So the timing had to be so perfect. Even just the delay, the very like half second delay of the grandmother saying Caitlin. Yes. Such perfect timing. Like everyone says Caitlin and she's like, Caitlin. Oh, it's so good. So funny. Yeah. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed this episode. We've talked about some of the episodes more recently have been less joke heavy, but yeah. there's been either more storyline or they've just been kind of sitcom-y, just sort of like situational shenanigans, but not yeah. like jokes. And this felt like, because it didn't have much of a story, it was right. exclusively jokes, which was fun and sort of refreshing. And, but also yeah. like you yeah. said, just a kind of, kind of startling and strange. Like I, I also, when I was watching the episode, I had similar thoughts where I was like, I don't know if I like this episode as we're talking about it. I'm like, Oh, that was funny. That was funny. Yeah. That was yeah. funny. Yeah. You know, but in the moment I kind of had the same, like, I feel like it's off putting for some reason. That's interesting. Yeah. It was definitely, you know, it's kind of a pattern breaker, so it's mm-hmm. not your typical episode, but I really enjoyed this episode. I think this was the one that I laughed at the most in, you know, I, I enjoy the show in general, but this was one where I was like, oh, this episode is, is really working for me. I thought it yeah. was really funny. Yeah. yeah. It's nice when you can laugh out loud. You know, the thing about the, you know, predatory thing with Ross, the thing about the, you know, (laughs) I'll show you flirting to Chandler and and Ross where there's like a little homosexual undertone that makes Ross uncomfortable. (laughs) Like that's all stuff that doesn't stand the test of time, which friends, they get critiqued a lot. Like you couldn't make a lot of the storylines that they did. For sure. Now, for sure. You know, it's definitely, but, but I, I agree. Like it was a really it was, it's one of my favorite episodes. It's in my favorite season. Hmm. Yeah. And it definitely has a lot of laugh out loud moments for sure. Yeah. There's definitely some toxic masculinity flying around between Mm. Chandler and Ross for sure. But yeah, anyways, I did really, really enjoy this episode. It was one that I found myself really laughing out loud. And I think especially when you're watching something by yourself and you're laughing out loud, that to me is really like, okay, this is like really hitting me. Like this is really hitting my funny bone, which was really fun. But yeah, any other like jokes or moments we want to mention before we kind of wrap up the episode portion? I had one sort of at the beginning and it's when they've come in with the three pizzas and Phoebe's opening the boxes and looking at it. And the boys are talking about how, you know, Ross wants to flirt or likes Caitlin and how Chandler's flirting with her, whatever. And Phoebe mentions that they, that she forgot 
the veggie pizza. And right. she's like, I know she's pretty and you love her, but is she stupid? <laughs> yeah, totally. I, what I loved about that too, was kind of what followed it, which is, um, them being Ross being like, oh, this is great. This is kind of where he hatches his plan. Right. He's like, this is great. I'll, I'll call her back and then I'll show you guys how much I can flirt or whatever. You know, I'll, I'll get her numbers, whatever he says. Um, Phoebe says, see, vegetarianism benefits everyone, (laughs) which I thought was so funny. And then there was actually another Phoebe, just little moment. I wanted to point out at um, at the end when Joey has put in the tape of like him, his big scene or whatever, but then Mm. he, he like pulls the duck into it and he's holding the fake gun to the duck's head and Phoebe's face. Like (laughs) she is genuinely like terrified for the fate of the duck, which is just, yeah so pure and like so Phoebe and so amazing she's like oh my god the duck like oh the duck's in danger you know (laughs) oh great I had one other uh moment with Rachel where Ross is starting to talk about why he likes her you know she's so sexy and and then he looks over at Rachel like oh uh is this okay and she's like um we haven't dated for two years. You've been married since. I think it's okay that we see other people. <laughs> and then he starts to explain why she's so sexy. And she's like, um, we don't need her measurements. I love both of those things. Yeah. She's like, it's fine to talk about girls around me. And she's like, okay, but you know, there, I don't want to hear Knock everything. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> don't need her measurements. Yeah. I love that too. That was really fun. <laughs> You've been married since. You've been married since. <laughs> oh my God. So um, but they really did a good job at keeping the arc of their relationship alive, even amidst yeah. all mm-hmm. of the roller coasters that occurred. Like, totally. Yeah. You know, that he had been married since, but yet it was still a thing, like that Rachel would be upset about it. Like, they really right. kept it alive no matter what. I loved that. Yeah, totally. Because there was always something simmering between them, like in a weird way. Yeah, that's so interesting. Great. Well, let's move on to one of my favorite segments, which is where we discuss who are you in this episode? So who did you most resonate with or see yourself as or just relate to in the episode? And Trista, you're our guest. Let's start with you. I guess I would have to say uh, probably Monica, because I sometimes feel like I get annoyed at people because they do the same thing to me over and over again. Mm. Oh like, yeah. Yeah. You know, so, and you know, just one more time where I'm trying to do my best and then the outside world is, <laughs> you know, sort of thwarting me at every turn. Um, so I felt a little resonance with that. And then I also felt resonance with Chandler just sort of being friendly yeah, and yeah. being seen as flirting. And we had talked about that already. Right. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. Oh my yeah. God. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. I definitely felt like partially I, I connected with Chandler on the kind of unintentional flirting. Like if I tried to flirt, it would be as terrible as Ross was anticipating it to be in that moment. And, and yeah, but I also felt a little bit like uh, grandma Tribbiani where, you know, super, super supportive, but just kind of doesn't know what's going on sometimes. (laughs) Oh, I love that, Heather. That's amazing. That's so beautiful. <laughs> like, I'll show up, but I don't know what's going on. You're like, yay, Joey, my big fat star. <laughs> oh, my God. He's like, thanks. That's amazing. I got to go with Caitlin for sure. It's <laughs> just so triggering of all my food service experience of just being like, 
can we just get this over with? <laughs> like, <laughs> why am I, or just being in a conversation and you're just like, oh my God, I'm going to die in this conversation. This conversation yes. is never going to be over. Oh my God. I'm having one particular flashback of like, I was bartending in this really small bar with a lot of neighborhood regulars, but like, sometimes I would just get caught behind the bar at the end of the night at like one o'clock in the morning. with mm. like, you know, some of these like older ish men and like not even necessarily like creepy or trying to flirt with me, but just like talking to me and telling me stories that would literally last for like two hours. And I'm just Ugh. like, please leave. Like I need to like clean <laughs> yes. the bar and go home. Like you're just trapped and there's no one else there. You have no oh my gosh. way of like, get, you're just like held hostage, you know? Right. What I mean? And your job is just to like, keep smiling and and it's I'm like, you- the longer you talk, I'm going to now be here till four o'clock in the morning. Cause I haven't Ugh. been able to like get any cleaning started. Cause you will not stop talking to me. You know what I mean? Oh it's my gosh. Like, <laughs> Kill me. Like, why is this happening? I know that I know whatever tip you leave, is not going to be worth this? You know, unless yeah. it's a hundred dollars, which it won't be, it's going to be like $5, yes. whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway. So definitely, uh, fell for her. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, let us take a lettuce, take a quick break, and then we will come back and talk about lettuce, among other things. (laughs) Perfect. Love it. All right. Welcome back. It is now time to discuss the food. Um, So before we begin, Trista, Tell us how comfortable you are in the kitchen or what is your level of, yeah, tell us what kind of cook you are. I cook a lot. I have standard things that I get in the mood for. I wouldn't call myself a gourmet. I used to be super into baking, Mm -hmm. but not anymore. Yeah. So I would say I'm a confident person, not very imaginative, and I definitely need to have the recipe, which I look at 18 times yeah. while I'm making something, if it's uh, not off the cuff. Totally. Do you, do you cook a lot or what's kind of like we are eating habits at home? Yeah, I would say I typically make breakfast. Mm-hmm. I typically make lunch and then half and half. I do a lot of stuff at night um, on Zoom and things. And so my oh, husband yeah. will end up making food more often, but that's since the pandemic Hmm. Um, he didn't cook at all before the pandemic. He had like hmm. two things that he made oh, grilled wow. cheese and tomato soup. Nice. And, um, I forget what the other one was, but now he's <laughs> actually become quite a much better cook. He's marinating steak. Oh, right nice. Now, Ooh. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so today's recipe is a veggie pizza inspired salad. So I will just talk about that a little bit. I was inspired by Phoebe's missing veggie pizza and I am a veggie pizza lover as well. So I just wanted to kind of capture those flavors and take it onto a salad, which I am a salad lover also, and am very passionate about salads as well, which always feels weird when I say that, because it just sounds ridiculous, but it is, <laughs> it is my truth. Um, I am also passionate about salads. Love I salads. appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for supporting me and my, and my dreams. Um, so The salad is um, chopped romaine, thin sliced green pepper and red onion. The onion you um, 
dunk in cold water for five to 10 minutes or for however long you can store it that way as well, which really takes a little bit of the burn out. Mm. It's a little more edible tomatoes or cherry tomatoes, fresh mozzarella, sliced black olives, um, and banana peppers or pepperoncini. And I did it with a piece of pita bread on the side to kind of be my stand in for crust. And of course you can add in anything else that you might put on a veggie pizza, like spinach, artichoke hearts, mushrooms, pickled jalapeno, roasted red pepper, sun-dried tomatoes, feta cheese, whatever your heart desires. And then I top it with a tomato vinaigrette, which is olive oil, roasted garlic, uh, tomato paste, red wine vinegar, a little dried oregano and red pepper flakes and salt and pepper. So that is uh, what we were working with. So let me start by asking each of you or both of you, um, what was your first impression when you saw this recipe? I love a salad. I was super excited about it. I thought this was a fun way to, you know, there's, there's obviously a lot of pizza within this, this episode, uh, <laughs> yes, within very much so. friends as a whole, you know, we, Zoe, you made those pizza scones previously. And so mm-hmm. I kind of, I love that you're, that you didn't just default to making a pizza, right? right. That you're kind of taking this idea. And, and like you said, making it something that's true to you, which is salads. And I know that you, I know on your dinner at midnight Instagram, you do a lot of salad postings. I think you have a hashtag for salads, right? I do. I have a salad hashtag salad at midnight Uh, and midnight is spelled N-I-T-E because why could I make anything easy for myself ever? (laughs) Um, But yeah, so tag all your salads, uh, hashtag salad at midnight. And it's, it's really fun to just scroll the hashtag anytime you need salad inspiration. Cause there's like now like hundreds of salad posts up there, which is kind of fun. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So checking that out. Definitely. Yeah. So that was definitely, it was, I was a kind of interested, excited, intrigued by this interpretation into a salad. Yeah, totally. How about you, Trista? So I love that you didn't ask me to make pizzas or now I'm super glad you didn't ask me to make scones because I would have been <laughs> very overwhelmed by that undertaking. My husband does a great pizza. Oh, nice. Mm. But I, w- I would have been nervous about it. So yeah, I totally. was happy that it was an easy one. I'm like, oh, good salad. I make salad all the time. Totally. Um, if I had to be honest, I wasn't super excited about the ingredients. Like I'm not mm-hmm. a huge red pe- a green pepper fan mm. and the pepper, co- like there were things that were in the ingredients that I was like, oh, I don't really, I'm, I'm sort of a snob when it comes to what I put in my salad. Totally, totally get it. So that, you know, you asked for initial reactions. And so, yeah, of I'm course, be yeah. honest. but then I decided like <laughs> when you order a pizza, yeah. You know, you can get like half pepperoni and a quarter onion and two thirds mushrooms. Like you could make it whatever you want. They're super customizable. Yep. And so I, I took that on. I love it. Like I made it red pepper instead of green. Great. Yes. Um, I got the marinated mushrooms. There you go. I I love that. I haven't had sun-dried tomatoes in a zillion years. Yeah. There's even a joke on friends about how they were like out and that was in the nineties. Oh, that's so So funny. Yeah. I haven't had sun-dried tomatoes in forever. So I added those on. So I ended up really enjoying the final. I love it. 
Yeah, really happy with it. And we had it for lunch yesterday. Nice. And because my husband had it too, I asked him for his impressions, but we yeah. can talk about that. You asked first impressions. Totally, totally. No, I love that you, <laughs> I love that you did the customization because I, you yeah. know, I listed some suggestions for potential toppings, but that is what's so great about pizza is it's really whatever you like on your pizza. And even like, even if you go to a pizzeria and just get their standard veggie pizza, I feel like everyone does it a little bit differently of mm-hmm. what the standard veggies are. And I think the most basic ones that I kind of included are the most basic bitch vegetables, you know what I mean? And it's just like, and even like banana pepper or pepperoncini is like a little extra. Like normally it would be like onion, pepper, olives, and mushrooms, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's kind of, and tomato and yeah. And I guess tomato, like sliced tomato. And that would be like, what's on your veggie pizza. So that's kind of like. Have you guys ever had salad pizza? Have you ever had I've, salad pizza? Like piadinis? Nope. No, it's no, like wait, pizza, but it has lettuce on it. Yeah. And I've then had, it has veggies. I, okay. So I've had something like that at like a Neapolitan style pizzeria where they do like a pizza and then they basically put a salad on top, whether it's arugula, like a dressed arugula, or even like, I feel like I had one that was maybe, I don't know if it was a Caesar salad, but it was like romaine. Yeah. And I loved it. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love a salad pizza. Yeah, for sure. Me too. Yeah. It's basically a pizza and then you put a salad on top. Yeah. It has less sauce. It, mm-hmm. I think the sauce is minimized. Yeah. Yeah. And, but I agree. It is usually romaine when I've had it mm-hmm. and it's tomato, but they don't do a lot of veggies. It's mostly like lettuce and tomato. Yeah. And then the drizzled like Subway Italian Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah, a lot yeah, of oregano yeah. in it, you know, right? This totally. Oil and vinegar one. Mm-hmm. I've okay. seen them also with like dressed like arugula on top, also. Mm-hmm. But yeah, what are you referring to, Heather? Do you know? So what I'm thinking is from Tomatina, the restaurant chain, which may just be a Bay Area chain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seeing as the blank stares from stairs. your yeah. faces. Um, so I'm it's gonna look at their website though. Yeah, it's um, you know, it's it's like basic Italian food and they have a thing called a piadine, piadini, piadine, hold on, let me find the actual. Yeah, piadine, P I A D I N E. Piadine. Great. Okay, sure. They call it as a tasty Italian treasure. It's one of our signature dishes. Many know it as an Italian flatbread sandwich, but it's so much more. Mm. And it's basically, yeah, it's like a it's pizza. It's, it's like uh, more flatbread, like a thinner dough. Mm-hmm. And then there's, and you can get it sort of like caprese where it's got all of the things of caprese. Uh, so it's got tomatoes, yeah, you know, peso and mozzarella, but it doesn't, it's not like a caprese pizza where it has the, the sauce. I think we're kind of talking about the same thing. Okay. I'm trying to see if I can see like a photo. Yeah. It kind of looks like it's, is it looks like it's a flatbread. Like, are you supposed to fold it and eat it or how are you supposed to eat it? Is it smaller? Like more like a pita? I think you fold, I fold it and eat it. Okay. So it's like smaller. It's not like full pizza size. You don't like cut it into a slice and then eat it as a slice. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. I've seen it where you like would eat it as a slice or with a knife and a fork. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. This, yeah, I feel like too. you kind of fold it like a taco, like a big Italian taco like a pita like a pita bread type sitch or something well but pita you you put things inside oh you can also just hold it though i guess 
Oh, like okay. a, like a euro or something. Yeah, yeah, like a euro. There you go. All right. Anyway. Anyway, interesting. I love it. Very cool. Um. So yes, let us. I mm-hmm. let it. Let us. Uh, let us talk about lettuce. Sorry, can't stop. Um, so Trista, I love that you customized it. And I especially love that you included the marinated mushrooms because I didn't include that on necessarily the base map, but they are pretty standard to a veggie pizza. Um, so yeah. I love that you did include those. Um, so yeah, let's hear about how things went when we got into the making and the eating. Yeah, it went really well. Uh, I make salad a lot. So I actually already had Nice. You know, pre-washed salad spun lettuce in the fridge. It was romaine, which was perfect. Perfect. (laughs) Yeah. And my husband does like green peppers. So I made him with his with mostly green and mine Mm -hmm. with mostly red. I messed up when I got the mozzarella. I got the shredded because when we were at the grocery store, um, you know, date night, Friday night, went to the grocery store. Woohoo. And <laughs> yep. Been there. He talked me into the pre-shred because sure. it would be easier to, you know, cut. And then I looked at your picture when I was making it and I realized, oh, those little balls would have been really good on it. But oh yeah. The, but the, you know, shredded was good. And I added the feta cause feta is my favorite cheese I love on feta a salad. Too. Yeah. I did black olives. I love the pita bread. I, I, brushed it with olive oil and baked it a little bit. So it would Perfect. have a little extra funness. Absolutely. I got an artichoke heart stuff. I didn't use actual artichoke hearts. Mm-hmm. I used like an artichoke heart. It wasn't really a pesto, but more like a spread. Oh, cool. Ooh, super good. Oh yeah. Sun-dried tomatoes. Yeah. Um, the, the mushrooms and. Sounds great. I will admit when I printed everything out to take to the grocery store, I missed the dressing. So I ended up, I said, this mm. thing has to have dressing on it, but I don't know <laughs> what the dressing is. So I, I got a Parmesan garlic from Newman's oh, yeah. own and that gotcha. was amazing. Ooh. Awesome. Yeah. So nice. we loved it. Uh, my husband, I asked him for a review because you know, he had it too. He said it was very good. It was just missing Excellent. one thing, which would be like a big piece of meat on the mm. side of it, like as a second verse. <laughs> right. I mean, on sure. his veggie it is, pizza I mean, salad. It is a salad. So there's only exactly. so much that it can. I mean, you could always exactly. add pepperoni to your salad or yes. sausage crumbles. Oh, that would actually right. be pretty yeah. good. Yeah. That would have been good. Those little slices. Yes. Yeah. And it's funny. I was actually just looking over the, um, the recipe that I had posted and I realized that I put the salad, all the, like the whole salad dressing recipe after the whole salad Anyway, I think I need to reformat that is all I'm saying, but yes, totally understandable. I wasn't blaming you. It was my fault. No, no, but yes. Through it first. And sometimes I never know. I mean, this is something that I feel like Heather and I talk about a lot, which is like, <laughs> what's the best way to format a recipe? Like my, one of my things is like, where, where can I put a note to where people read it? Like mm-hmm. genuinely. And like myself included when I'm reading a recipe too, it's like, where is it right? Is it within the ingredients list? Is it after, is it before, you know, where's the best place to just make sure it's like the most readable. So people get all the information because people tend to skim recipes again, myself included. So anyways, that is like a learning process, but, um, but yeah, yeah. I think I need to reorganize it a little bit, but yeah. Well, I'll tell you what I can't stand when I'm trying to find a recipe and they've written 15 paragraphs before they get to the recipe. Yeah. I'm like, do you think I'm here to read about you and your experience <laughs> with like sun-dried tomatoes? No, I want the oh recipe. Gosh. 
and I have to scroll, especially if I'm on my iPad, which is what I usually use yeah, in the kitchen. Totally. It's easy to carry around. Yeah, yeah I so got it. And then that. there's ads. Yeah, I definitely got it. Yeah, you're like scrolling through oh, the and accidentally ads. click yeah. on an ad and it's popped up to, you know, osteoporosis medicine. And you're like, why? <laughs> oh my I just want to figure out this stupid recipe. Yes. It somewhat like hurts my heart because like <laughs> food blogging is, you know, a thing. It's like, um, yeah, anyways, I get it. I totally get it. Um, at the same time, it's like, as someone who does post it, it's like, I also realize that, um, my recipes aren't necessarily that special and you want to include a little bit of like personalization or like context or like notes about it in the beginning. And I try not to get too like carried away with that, but I do. I do hear you and you are not alone. This is uh, <laughs> something that the internet is constantly telling me. So, well, I, and I you, understand. you know, you could put a little thing at the beginning, like, here's why I created this and why right. it's so special. And, you know, I'd love to share my story with you. So here's the recipe. Cause I know that's what you're looking for, right? but don't forget to read the rest. Like you could sort of make it. I love that idea yeah. actually. Yeah. Like if you because are, there are people who want to know, and I, I have found in, in when I have had the time or I'm interested in reading some of those stories, it's fascinating, especially if someone, it's not just about their personal relationship with mozzarella and the first time they've ever had (laughs) it, you know, but it's more about like, when I, you know, I love this brand or I love this region for this type of food because I experienced it in Italy or, you know, or whatever. And it's like, okay, that makes me, especially as someone who, you know, you get to a grocery store and you're like, well, there's 15 different brands or there's 15 different, I don't, I just, well, I guess I'll buy the cheapest one. Cause I don't know. But then you read someone's story and they're like, well, I prefer this type of olive oil because of this experience I had, or because of these flavor notes or, you know, or whatever. And so it's, yeah, Absolutely. It's, it, I, I, there's a, a balance that I think can be achieved and I care less about, about the the person in their own personal journey and more about how it's going to affect me. Of course. <laughs> totally makes sense. I think it also comes down to how much time do have I put aside to make this recipe? Right. How hungry am I? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. How confident am I at making this? So there's a lot of that that goes into it too. And so unfortunately for you as a food blogger, Zoe, you are at the mercy of my current feelings and emotions when I'm of course I get it I mean no I completely understand and I I too like uh, you know follow recipes from the internet and get annoyed when I can't like find <laughs> the right thing that I'm looking for so I do understand it I truly do um yeah <laughs> Heather how did it go for you when you dug into the recipe yeah so I I will be honest and say Zoe of the this is our 19th recipe that mm-hmm. we've, we've made for the podcast. And this is the, but go on. I have made BB make one 19th for you. This is the 19th for me. <laughs> sorry. Remember I'm talking about me here. That's all about you. No, sorry. Right. I was making it about myself. Okay. Go on. Interesting. It's 19th, it's Tell me 19th, more about that. The 19th, um, episode, it's the 19th recipe. So we've, oh, we've, dog. we've made, sorry. we've made many recipes. We have. And I have had different experiences with them. And I will say this is the first one that I really was not a fan of. Really? And so what I will say is I made the, I made, I had it twice. Mm -hmm. When I made the salad, I made it in a bowl for me to 
eat in that moment. And then mm-hmm. I made it in like a Tupper, uh, the other half kind of in a Tupperware. So it was already yeah. kind of prepared. Right. And so I, the, the first salad I had, I had as is mm-hmm. none of the extras that you suggest because I wanted to just see it as is right. Right. And it, I didn't love it. You know, mm-hmm. it was, I, I think I, I, I do realize in hindsight that I forgot the olives, mm-hmm. which played a crucial part in my second tasting, but yeah, definitely. You've got the romaine hearts, which, um, you know, sometimes romaine can have sort of a bitterness to it. Mine, uh, mine were, I just happened to be a little bit bitter. I think I had more of the white than more of the green. Oh, interesting. Okay. Whatever. I, I did include some spinach actually in the, cause I didn't mm-hmm. have as much romaine. Yeah. Green pepper. I love green bell peppers, but it's, it's more of a sort of tart, more mm-hmm. of a tangy flavor. Um, it's like, I, I love all of these things, but I think all of them together with the dressing, it was, it just, I ate it. I mean, I ate the whole thing. I wasn't going to not eat it, yeah, but yeah. It, 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 it felt like it was missing something. Mm-hmm. When I had it the second time, I realized I had forgotten the olives. Yeah. The olives really did help mellow it out. It, it added that kind of layer. I also added raw mushrooms mm, and nice. those were a nice sort of medium ground. I also added sun-dried tomatoes and those, those gave like a depth of flavor that I thought I was missing. Totally. Um, so that made it, made it much more enjoyable the second time around. Mm-hmm. And as I was finishing it, I was thinking something like basil, like fresh basil. Yeah. I was it. thinking about basil today too, actually. Yeah. Basil would be great in this. Just sure. adding, cause it, it, it felt like it was a lot of one note. My first salad was a lot of one note. And like I said, I did, I did forget the, sure the black olives, which, yeah. which gave a little bit of that kind of like salty earthiness, but, yeah. but yeah, it was, it just felt like it was a lot of tang, tang, tang. And, and maybe I added too many pepperoncinis. Those, it just, it, felt really overpowering and, um, and yeah. So then that was when I added some of the extras and now I'm thinking like, Oh, the, I didn't expect like the sun-dried tomatoes to give it so much as much depth as it did. Yeah. So I was thinking, Oh, like, um, the marinated mushrooms or marinated artichoke hearts, those might give it like that kind of level of depth. And Mm -hmm. then, yeah, something like basil to kind of brighten it up to give it a little bit of that. So that was my, that was my experience. And I, I got the, the same mozzarella balls Mm -hmm. that you, you did. And I was at the, it was like in the mozzarella section at the grocery store and I had, there was ones that were marinated and ones that weren't. Yeah. And now I kind of wish I had gotten the marinated ones. Yeah. Because I love mozzarella, but for some reason these were they didn't add anything. Hmm. So Trista, when you're talking they about they may having... not have been salted. Well, mozzarella, right. Mozzarella sometimes they make it yeah. salted and on, and if it's unsalted, it has basically no flavor. Yeah, it really didn't. It didn't really taste like anything. Yeah. And so Trista, when you were talking about the shredded mozzarella, I was like, "Ooh, I bet that would have been good because it's a little saltier." It, yeah, and you get it throughout. Whereas this, I was like having to actively. Right take a, get a bite with them off anyway. So that it's, it's something I would try again, having more of some of those additional things. Yeah. Yeah, The vinaigrette, it was super easy to make. Mm -hmm. And thanks to our episode with BB, where I purchased a 
oh, uh, yeah. food processor. Uh, I use that to nice. make make the vinaigrette. When I looked at your pictures, I think mine was a little chunkier than yours. It kind of mm-hmm. reminded me of like gazpacho, but yeah, I blended it. And like, that's the problem with a food processor is a food processor really chops. It doesn't necessarily puree. Mm, interesting. So, I mean, a chunk, a chunky dressing is totally fine. It, I mean, that's great. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, worked, know, it's yeah, it worked different. out great. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think I would have added maybe a little bit more of some of those spices. Like I was mm. thinking about, it's, it's not really fair to compare this, I think, to our, the pizza scone recipe. Totally. Because they're so different. Yeah. But like one thing that was such a big highlight of the scone was that tomato butter yeah, absolutely. and how that <laughs> Trista's face. Yeah. That sounds I, mean, amazing. I love really any good. kind of like specialized butter. Oh yeah. Oh girl, yeah. you need to get over to that pizza scone recipe. Don't worry yeah. about I'm the going scones. to now. Yeah. Just grab that butter. <laughs> yeah. Recipe. Just make it's tomato butter on everything. Yeah. It's honestly so delicious. If I and do it, say so myself, it really brought, you know, the, the, one of the things we talked about with the scone was that it was like sort of this pizza inspired scone. It had these great flavors, whatever, but it wasn't very pizza E, but then you had the, that tomato butter that really brought, like, I was like, Oh, this reminds me of pizza. Yeah. And so I was kind of thinking that the vinaigrette was going to do that with the salad. Mm-hmm. And I felt like it was maybe missing some of the I would have, I think I would have put in more herbs, whether they were fresh herbs or spices, Mm -hmm. just to bring a little bit more of that. Interesting. Totally. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's really interesting. I, so just a few thoughts that came to mind as you're describing your experience, Heather. For me, I think one thing that I experienced while putting the salad together, and maybe this is saying it in a little bit of a different way, but like romaine, green peppers, and onions and even tomatoes, those, all of those ingredients are pretty watery. Mm. So they're, they're very crunchy and they really need a lot of flavor. They really Mm -hmm. don't have, I mean, obviously plain vegetables need seasoning, you know what I mean? But in general, but in particular, these are all very crunchy, very watery ingredients. And so I do, I do agree that definitely the olives are crucial. Mm-hmm. I'm interested that you think the pepperoncini maybe threw it off because I didn't originally add the banana pepper to mine. And then I added it and I was like, oh, I think the banana and I use banana peppers this time, but I, I think those are somewhat interchangeable in my mind. But um, I was like, oh, I feel like the banana peppers are, are, are pretty crucial to like getting mm-hmm. a little bit more flavor into the whole mix. Um I was pretty happy with how the dressing came out. Of course, it's it's not fair to compare it to tomato butter, which was like right. so good. And I was like, it's not fair, whatever. You can do whatever you want. But um, I liked the vinaigrette. I thought that it did add a lot. I mean, and maybe you'd need to be pretty generous with the vinaigrette on the salad to mm. really bring the flavors together. I might have been I, a little lighter. I, I do have a significant yeah. amount left over. So I think I was a little yeah. bit lighter. I think you need to be pretty generous with your dousing of the dressing because okay. you have to remember like there's no flavor on the ingredients other than the dressing. Yeah. I also think I added a sprinkle of salt on top after which I probably didn't even make note of because I pretty much add a sprinkle of salt of like crunchy finishing salt to like every single thing I <laughs> eat right before I eat it. So that's more of like a muscle memory like thing. Sure, sure. Um So yeah, so those would be my thoughts on it. I will say I made it a second time. I used 
a big ball of fresh mozzarella that I then shredded. And I think that was help. I mean, it's not going to be, it's still unsalted, but it maybe helped distribute a little bit more. The little balls are so cute, but they are a little bit more hard to eat in a way because they just like, don't really naturally come to your fork. You kind of have to seek them out um, or whatever. That was just what I happened to have on hand at the time. But, um, but yeah, so those are also great options to go with the, with the moths. I was thinking that the mozzarella and feta combination would be totally killer. So definitely encourage anyone and everyone to add the feta. Um, it was good. Yeah. That and I, I forgot something that I did because I didn't know about the dressing until I was making it. And then it was right. sort of too late to go back to the store and I was missing, I think, I forget what I was missing. Maybe the oregano. I can't remember. Yeah. But I did have garlic. And I love it. Yeah. So I roasted the garlic there per the instructions and then just put the roasted garlic in the salad. Oh, Ooh. girl. I love that. That's oh, a great idea, God. too. And you I could love that. Yeah. That. Yeah. And those would be great. Yep. I and mean, you could totally find that on a veggie pizza. Oh, just yeah. Little so nuggets good. of roasted garlic in there. That's a great yeah. idea. Um, and yeah, the idea yeah. of feta didn't really excite me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I, I like, like feta sometimes. So when I was deciding if I wanted to buy it, I was like, I don't feel like it, but now I'm thinking it would be fun to add even just like some fresh Parmesan or shaved mm-hmm. Parmesan. that might be like an addition, like that could be something else to give it some depth. Oh yeah. If you have a little parm on hand, definitely mm-hmm. throw that in. I was going to say too, when the second time I made it, I had some marinated artichoke hearts that I also added in because I just had them on hand and I was yeah. like, oh, these will be great in here. And that was really nice in there too. Um, so it is, and it's, it's interesting because I think all the, all the ingredients that were, that we're mentioning that we feel like maybe really helped tie it together are in my mind, olives, mushrooms, whether raw or marinated artichoke hearts in some form, roasted garlic, uh, sun-dried tomatoes mm-hmm. those are all you know in there they all have different flavors but they kind of fall into this category of like umami mm-hmm. kind of roasty not necessarily roasty but just kind of more of what I think of as like a base flavor like you have yeah. like flavors that are bright and you have flavors that are tart and crunchy and like watery flavors are kind of neutral but you have these like vegetal flavors from the romaine and the bell pepper but to have something that can kind of carry it and be like the base of the flavor like that's what really gives our palate something very like satisfying yeah so I think that is a pretty crucial ingredient so I may listeners by the time you hear this I may have tweaked the recipe a little bit to encourage you to include some of those goodies into the mix for sure but I have to say it was delicious and I do love how it's so customizable to your taste, just like yeah, a pizza. Totally. And there are so many ways that you can make it. Yeah. So yeah, I, I thought that uh, I was skeptical. Yeah. But I was happy <laughs> in the end. I love that. That's fantastic. That's great. So yeah, I guess the two questions we like to ask are, does it leave over, which is a little bit tricky with a salad, but if you don't combine it, then you know it can definitely be something you can reassemble. And then would you make it again? So how do you feel about those questions? I didn't have anything. I had ingredients left over. I mm-hmm. have enough. I could make more salads, um, but, but I got two salads out of what I did. Which is great. And I would, yep. And I would definitely make it again. I love that. Nice. How about you, Heather? Yeah. And like I said, I kind of made the one salad for me and then made the second salad for me later. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, which is something I love, it's just like a meal prep thing that I love to do when I'm 
because it's like you're there, you've got the cutting board out. You're yeah, totally. Might as well just like make some undressed salads for the next couple of days. And yeah, that but just the combined veggies without dressing, leftover great. The dressing that's in my I sell some dressing in my fridge and it's mm-hmm. you know, it's like in a little jar and it's great. It's still there and, and great and leaves over. Yeah. I think I would. I don't know if I would make it again. I I'm also, as I've talked about on the podcast before, I'm a little nervous around tomatoes. Totally. Just, they've caused some GI issues for me. And so I'm, I'm not like, I think there's like a, a slight anxiety around that too, which is maybe why I didn't dress the salad as much. Cause sure. I was like, this is a tomato paste based dressing. Right. So I, I might, I might, use all of these ingredients and Mm -hmm. maybe just do like an oil and vinegar dressing, you know, and still, and I love what you're saying, kind of having those base flavors. You've got like the high notes, the tart notes, the watery notes, and then some like base flavors. So they're definitely things I would put together, right? but maybe have a vinaigrette or I don't know, just so that kind of that garlic Parmesan dressing, that sounds great too. Newman's own. It was really good. <laughs> Love it. Newman. It's so interesting because for me, the dressing kind of tied the whole room together or whatever. Yeah. Um, but um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, I know you have like a tomato sensitivity. Um, but I was almost wishing that there was like more dressing because I finished it pretty and it it does make a small amount, which we've kind of discussed the pros and cons before of like it's sometimes nice to have a recipe that just makes enough for what you need. Cause like as we speak, I have probably four jars of dressing that I made for some recipe at some point that are just now sitting in my refrigerator (laughs) that I'm always like, Oh, I can just use that again. But then I forget about whatever, you know, but at the same time, sometimes it is nice if it's a dressing you really love to be like, Oh yeah, I still have some and I can use this for the week or, or whatever. Um, And I tend to dress my salads lighter than some people yeah. Just in general. I, I right. just, I like a little bit of a, I like a, a, a hint of a flavor, not, not like a soaked lettuce. And I think for me, it really depends on the salad and with something this Fair. crunchy, I think that for, and I, I mean, I hear you, of course, everyone dress to your liking. Um, but for something <laughs> that's this crunchy, I think it really does stand up to more dressing and a bolder dressing versus if I have a salad, that's going to be some leaves that are a little bit more delicate. I go a lot lighter mm. on the dressing. Um, for me, the dressing was a pretty integral part of at least the like concept. Obviously it has the tomato sauce element is the dressing. Um, and it's interesting what you're talking about. I was considering adding in a lot of dressings and vinaigrettes. I like to add a little bit of sweetness, like a dash of honey or something mm. like that to help round out that flavor. And that kind of acts as sort of the base note for the dressing and Mm. helps blend the flavors really nicely. I didn't end up doing that here. And maybe I will include that as an optional thing. I really like a pretty acidic dressing. And I actually didn't think that this dressing was super over the top acidic, even with, um, even just as is without the honey. So I didn't end up adding that. And I also think that the garlic, the roasted garlic does provide a nice, like a little bit of a sweetness and a little bit of that Mm -hmm. kind of base note um, for it as well. But anyways, um, but yeah, I mean, you could also totally add more like oregano or maybe even like some fennel or something like that to the dressing. Ooh, yeah. and that might be interesting too, or basil, of course. And yeah. I think adding fresh basil to the salad would of course be, be great as well. I think one of the reasons yeah. I did 
think to do that is because I just feel like that veers a little bit towards a caprese, which I love, but there's probably like two to three versions of a caprese salad on my blog already because like (laughs) that's how much I love it, which is great. There's nothing wrong with that, but I just like kind of try to be like, what's something else that we can make? You know what I mean? I'm not just like fall back into the same like salad every time, but basil would definitely be like a really tasty addition here. So yeah. I'll add that to the list as well, for sure. Well, right. And I, like you're saying, I love that you've kind of have this sort of this base of the salad and it's like, here are other pizza toppings that could work great in this and allowing, you know, I think as, as Trista said, you know, being able to like see that and being like, oh, there is flexibility in this. I'm allowed to make a change totally, and I will, because I dislike this or I like this other thing more. And so to give, and of course, any person can do whatever they want with the recipe, but I do feel like people (laughs) there is, I do feel like people who maybe aren't as confident or aren't as don't really know what they like, or they're trying something new, it can feel a little scary to be like, well, I don't really like this ingredient. If I leave it out, is it going to ruin yeah, it? Yeah, of course. Right? Totally. So I think it's great that you give folks the option to customize right. their, their salad and, prov- and, and it, it's not just like, and add whatever pizza toppings you want. You like give a list that, that yeah. does help sort of define kind of the flavors that you're looking for, but also gives right. people the freedom to, like, it still is going to taste like the salad you want it to taste like, but you're giving folks the freedom to, to make it be something that they like. It's their own. Well, totally. And yeah, thanks for saying that because I think, as you know, I'm all about like empowering people to be more comfortable in the kitchen and experiment, but it's nice to have like borders on it sometimes to be like, you know, when someone's like, just go experiment, you're like, well, what am I supposed to do? But if someone's like, choose what you like of these 10 things, then that feels a lot easier. And then that can kind of help you get excited about it. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree. I think that having the long list of optional ingredients gave me the confidence to have more freedom with it. I love that. That's great. For sure. Nice. Yeah. And it's funny, as we've been talking, I was thinking about your husband, Trista, and this is kind of a long story, but we happen to have a lot of sausage in our freezer right now due to a run-in with a farmer. It's a long story, doesn't matter. But (laughs) anyways, we have a bunch of sausage in the freezer and I was just thinking like, you know, some nice, like big pieces of grilled sausage on the side with a salad Mm. with the pita, like that would be great and really make it into a meal, like uh, some hot links or just whatever, whatever kind of sausage you want, you know? And I like what you said about what you did with the pita too. I had toasted mine, I think just in like a pan uh, more than the second time I made it. I just threw it in the oven, but like a little bit of warmed pita, maybe with like some olive oil brushed Mm -hmm. on it with a little salt, something like that would is perfect. It really kind of ties it together too. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. It gave it that pizza y feeling. You didn't totally. feel like you were missing the bread. Because mm. then I was like, oh, I've had salad pizza, but this isn't pizza. Oh, but there's pita. So I'm not yeah, I'm right. not missing out. Yeah. <laughs> you have some kind of like carb element to kind of help soak things up and just help it feel a little bit more like a meal. You know what yeah. I mean? Because that's the thing with salads. Like I love to eat salads as a meal, but they have to have some kind of element that will like make me feel like I ate a meal. You know, they have to have something right. that will fill my stomach. So yeah. Well, great. Well, thank you both for going on that journey with me. And I yeah. love hearing about your experiences. Um, yeah, any, other, that was fun. any other thoughts before we wrap things up? I just have to say somewhere along the way, I saw your Rolo cupcakes and I'm a little <gasps> jealous that that's yeah. not the meat, the friends episode that I was on, <laughs> but I have the recipe. You've got the so recipe. I, 
makeup. I think I might try that one out. Send us that a photo. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Give them a try. Oh my gosh, for sure. Yeah. That was we, a good episode. By the time this episode comes out, there'll be another dessert. Mm-hmm. Definitely try the my brownies are hotter than yours that are <laughs> uh that are other our other recent dessert because those if you're a baker, mm-hmm, those are going to change your world. Wonderful. <laughs> well, Trista, thank you so much for joining us today and yeah, tell all our you. listeners where they can find you on the internet. And if you want to plug your podcast or anything else you got going on, go for it. Awesome. Thank you. So you can find me just by Googling my name. I'm really Googleable, but <laughs> my website is iwokeupawesome.com because I believe that we all woke up perfectly just as we are with nothing to be fixed or changed. And we need to own that shit every single day. Oh yeah. And I love that. You can get my podcast there, or you can search it as Trista's plate story podcast. And of course you can spell out plate story but it's officially like a license plate, P-L-8-S-T-O-R-Y. So Thanks good. so much for having me on. This was so fun. It was so great <sighs> to have you on. So fun to have like a, re- a true friends fan on. I mean, all are welcome <laughs> on our podcast, but it's really fun to have a fan on. So yeah. yeah. So yeah, thank you so much for doing with this with us. For Friends of the Bay Area, I talked about this in our last episode, but I'm in the middle of my run of the how and the why at Lucky Penny Productions in Napa. So if you are all interested, come see me. We play until the 24th of April. So come get your tickets. Check us out, luckypennynapa.com. And you are all lucky pennies that you can go see that. I wish I was in (laughs) California to see it myself. <laughs> um, and Seattle area friends, um, I will be doing a comedic burlesque performance at Bad Jimmy's on Sunday, April 17th. So come see me. Listeners, you can find us on the internet as well. We are on the Instagrams at Friends with Food Pod. We are on the Twitters at Friends W Food Pod. We are on the Facebooks. Uh, you can like us there. Uh, you can check out our website. It's friendswithfoodpod.com. All of the recipes and the show notes and fun stuff will be there uh, along with links to Trista's stuff too. Um, please rate, review, and subscribe and tell all your friends about us. You know you want to. Leave us that five-star review. <laughs> um, we would love it if you would make our recipes and let us know how it goes. Uh, share your pictures, tag us, all that good stuff. Um, Our original artwork is by Chloe Kendall and original theme music by Elliot Friesen. If you're watching along, the next episode is the one with the ride along. We are your hosts. I'm Zoe. And I'm Heather. Now go find some friends. And make them some food. Okay, sorry. I'm getting sucked into this like Wikipedia page, which I'll try (laughs) to like tear myself away from. But anyway. We love thoughts we do (laughs) the run is going amazing we've been reviewed in the new york times (laughs) front page they made an exception it was so wild and if you're watching along the next episode sorry i need to take that again i always like fuck up at this point If you're watching along, the next episode is the one with the ride along. Is that true, Heather? <laughs> I it think pro- it is. it's um it sounds true, you know. Actually, Trista, is that true? <laughs> Trista would know. Um, let me see. I'm pretty um, sure it is. I don't it is, it I, is, it is. No, okay. it is. Yeah, it has to be. That's another good one, you guys. That's another really good episode. 
loving this just cat Kitty tail. tail. <laughs> and those that uh, that recipe will be out on I believe March seventeenth, so you can snag that recipe soon. And of course. Oh, this will already be out listeners yeah i was gonna say okay it doesn't matter oh uh, great <laughs> i had the yeah, same i, I did like, the exact uh, same thing as i was saying and i was like wait a second it doesn't matter we can all cut this all out anyways <laughs> i'll turn my video on for a second to say goodbye this is what you've been missing no, just <laughs> <laughs> all i Thank kept you. looking at was your name and how with one letter difference it's an anagram for friends it was a little distracting ah, but i got over it yeah oh, if only if only you were freezed in yeah freezed in exactly one letter yeah. one letter off this is how we know